Hello everyone, welcome to episode 61, a Realm episode of Realm and Ruin, a Warhammer podcast. A podcast that is so Warhammer that we're still on Armageddon, we're still fighting. Yeah. <sighs> I'm your host Matt, and joining me as always, a guy who refers to Armies on Parade as a 3D family photo album, it's Cameron. How you doing mate? <laughs> I'm doing very well, thank you. <laughs> We're running on, we're running on fumes. Well, I'm running on fumes anyway yeah, at the moment. Uh, so I mean, no, I used all my energy vacuuming earlier. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we right. lead such different <laughs> lives. <laughs> uh. Uh, dear, but hey, here we are, episode sixty-one. Um, so before we, you know, get stuck into our usual stuff, which obviously will be. A nice bit of hobby and a nice bit of all that lovely Warhammer news. Uh, we've got a little bit of admin, uh, which is we have set up uh, an affiliate link with WePrint Miniatures. So basically, WePrint Miniatures is uh, the little the sort of small business that I have used recently to get some three D uh, printed you know custom items done, which I'll be talking about in the hobby section, obviously. Uh, but we have, like I said, set up an affiliate link with them, so. If you are interested uh, in you know buying any of their products, uh, which they they do a lot, so a lot of custom work, you know, custom like shoulder pads, uh, thunder hammers, uh, but even do some like D and D stuff as well. Uh, like I said, mm. the link will be down in the description, and you know, if you buy anything from them using that link, we get a small little cut back, like you see, you know, on YouTube channels and everyone else where yeah. they talk about affiliate links. It works in the same way. Uh, so, like I said, I've used them firsthand. Really cool stuff. And like I said, if you want to use them, link will be in the description, along with all the other ways that you can support us, like, you know, give us a good, cool iTunes review or, you know, join our lovely Discord server. So, mm. you know, it's all there as always. So, uh, Cameron, you know what? Yeah. Mm. Let's talk hobby. And as always... We shall kick off with a question from said lovely Discord server. So this is the mm. first question for this episode. Uh, and this question comes from uh, Hosapian. Apologies if I've butchered the pronunciation <laughs> of that, but that is what I'm going with. Uh, and they ask, what law fact or law mystery from 40K or AOS would you either want never changed or explained? And, mm. or which one would you want explained or be okay if it was changed? So, uh, and he, and then they put some examples as well. So, uh, law mystery, true nature of emperor on golden throne or the two expunged legions, uh, law fact, sanguinius killed by Horus or alpha legion has two primarchs. So basically, is yeah. there anything in the law we would never want changed or is there something we would mm. like changed <laughs> basically yeah, in 40 K yeah, yeah. or AOS. So yeah. hit me Cameron, slap me around okay. with your answers. Yeah. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to start with uh, things that may be changing. Uh, so pretty, pretty simple and sweet. I never want the two expunged legions of space Marines to be changed. I always want that mm -hmm. to be a thing. N none of this secret, you know, oh, the gray knights are secretly the, the whatever number the 11th legion or whatever no 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 we, we all know they're not but like i don't mm -hmm. want anything like yeah. that i don't want another legion of space marines to suddenly pop up and be like actually we were here the whole time the tyranids were running from us or something <laughs> like that um 
I always want those guys there to be gone. I think it's a great sort of like catalyst for like fan content. Like, you know, bring your own ideas into the universe. What do you think happened here? I've seen some great takes on those legions and maybe why they were removed of. All yep. that kind of stuff. So I think that's pretty cool. Uh, but something I am open to having changed is actually the uh, one of the examples in the question. I'm very open to Horus killed Sanguinius being a changeable fact. Yeah. Because, uh, listen, Sanguinius is dead. Horus was mm. there. That will probably never change. But yep. I have heard a wonderful crackpot theory that actually <laughs> it was the Emperor who killed Sanguinius because Sanguinius refused to stick to the plan. Re... Ooh. Horus and all of this, and tried to change things and save his brother, etc., etc. And so the Emperor ended up striking him down. Then Horus obviously attacked the Emperor for that. Yada yada mm-hmm. yada. We get to where we are now, because that is, that is something that doesn't change the overall arc of 40k, but it would add, I think, a nice twist. Like, because this is the story everyone knows. Sanguinius is literally the Jesus Christ figure. Or one of two, yeah, in the imperial religion, you know. He's got a holiday named after him. Their, their version of Christmas is basically Sanguinala. Yeah. Um, all that kind of thing. And I think the actual truth being something much more, like, sad and tragic and awful fits 40k to a T. Like, mm-hmm. you know, Sanguinius didn't sacrifice himself to attempt to, you know, stop his brother. Sanguinius was murdered by his father, etc. Cetera, et cetera. I think that'd be a great little twist in the lore. Um, and you know, it doesn't change anything overall, but it's fun like that. Uh, as for things to explain, I never want a clear explanation of how the gods of Age of Sigma ended up in the mortal realms. Like, we, <laughs> we kind of know how Sigma got there, like, mm. floated through the darkness of a void till a dragon picked him up and said, hey, there's somewhere you might like to hang out over there in this corner of the universe. But, like, Nagash was buried under a mountain, Alaria was just hidden in a sacred grove somewhere, like, Malarion and uh, Tyrion just woke up in the middle of their realms, no idea what's going on. We don't even know what state Gorkamorka or Grimni or uh, Grung, Grungni, Grimni or Grungni were in. Yeah. Like, I don't, wa- I don't want explanations of that. I don't want to know how they got there. I like that it is this super mythological thing. It was so long ago that even the gods themselves don't clearly remember mm. what was going on. Yeah. 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 Okay. But I do want an explanation of the <laughs> origins of the Tyranids, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. there's a lot of speculation Fair. about this. But I... And, like, some of their existential, like, universal cosmic horror stuff comes from the unknown side of them. My my stance on this is any explanation for where they came from is sufficiently horrifying to fill that gap with a known. Like, because our options basically at the moment are either A, they're an extragalactic predator, they're the only sentient species that has managed to leave a galaxy and travel across to a different galaxy, and this is what you have to be like to be able to do that. <laughs> Terrible. Or the Silent King made them and has now come back running away from them. <laughs> because he, he over he overtuned a little on his anti warp weaponry. Yeah. Um And I think either of those is super good as an explanation of where they came from. There's probably a half dozen other very cool, good horror level things they could be. Uh and also I I just want the I want the dichotomy of are the Tyranids hunting prey here or are the Tyranids 
taking a pit stop while fleeing from something else. I want that to be resolved. Yeah. I want to know if they're here to stick in the galaxy and eat every single thing in it, or if all the high fleets have just sort of coincidentally been moving through and trying to leave continually. And like the, the running from something else doesn't make as much sense to me because like high fleets are coming from every direction. So I feel it's probably just this is the next point where they can find something to eat. But like, I I want that cleared up. I think that would be (laughs) a good horror level. Because then again, yeah, the horror at that point is either, oh God, they're killing all of us, or oh God, some of us might live and see what was following them. (laughs) So like, I think think it wouldn't change them too much and would just give us some nice, clearer horror that doesn't ruin the overall aesthetic or story of Mm. them. Yeah. So, so you're suggesting like the galaxy is just a, a snack for them potentially on the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, like, I've been running. I've been running for thirty million years. I just need something to eat before I can keep running. <laughs> yeah, 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 I agree. I think I, I'm not really sold on the. You know, there's something bigger that they're mm. you know running from. I think it would be much better if yeah that there was a better explanation for that, but. I, again, I don't think that's something they're probably ever going to explain. I know, obviously, no. all, all these yeah. suggestions that are probably never going to change, but and that's obviously <laughs> the whole point of this question. But, yeah, I think it's one of those where, yeah, it would be good if they did, but it, they're gonna, I think they've deliberately kept it oh, mysterious yeah. Yeah. for you know for dramatic effect <laughs> in, the, in a very grim dark era. <laughs> so, no, I like those suggestions, actually, and it's quite funny because yeah, uh, some of the ones you've touched upon I'm about to touch upon, but I've got slightly oh, well, you know, different views as well. So, <laughs> right, okay. So I've I've broken them down into never change. Sorry, never change, change, and then I've got a few I'm undecided on. I know that's not part of the mm. question, but hey, yeah. I'm throwing it in. And so <laughs> I think from a never changed point of view, I I don't want the Necroquake ever changed in yeah. AOS. Yeah. That's fair for a few reasons. Really, I like it. It it. I suppose it helps validate the moustache twirling of Nagash, which I, I love. I love that. I think yeah, that's a, yeah. a really important thing. Uh, some people may not like it, but I do. I think it's hilarious. And I think as well is it's a good explanation for why things are yeah. the way they are at times. Oh, because hmm. the Necroquake happened. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. yeah. You know, basically Nagash, uh, you know, buggered things up <laughs> you know his plan to go to, to plan and that is why this happens in the mortal realms because especially the mortal realms compared to 40k i know 40k uh, universe has got its own bizarre events and bizarre things that go on but i think mm. mortal realms you know an aos is a completely different level at times uh, like you were saying with the with the with the pantheon of the gods where they there's no real explanation like yeah they're just hidden under a rock or you know yeah. they're busy fighting this and sigmar <laughs> came along and you know and that's fine i think it, it plays nicely into it so i think the necroquake you know where basically you know the gash fucked up and <laughs> therefore you know all this weird stuff mm. has happened it, it's yeah it's like yeah you know what it doesn't there doesn't have to be some amazing scientific reason of why this happened yeah experiment went wrong <laughs> all this yeah. magic appeared you know endless spells started and you know predatory spells started going around so yeah i think i would love that to stay as it was and obviously it will be uh like you said the lost legions definitely never change that i think it's a solid way of keeping like i said that mystery and keeping that level of 
you know creative juice flowing for people and yeah. and also i just i just think it's quite you know a nice thing to have when you talk about legions and they're like there's 20 legions and then and then someone new comes to the hobby and they go well why is there only 18 of them and it's like ah you know wink wink uh-huh. nudge nudge ah yeah yeah mm, yeah, mm, yeah that's Good right question yeah, yeah don't don't, don't ask me more yeah <laughs> so <laughs> i like that i know it's i know it's a you know some people could argue it's a bit cheesy it's a bit tropey but i don't think it is i think it plays perfectly mm. with it because there's still so much mystery around the emperor around the creation of the space marines and you know and how you know how the emperor got there obviously we know bits via the the thunder warriors and obviously the shenanigans that went up in regards to that but i think yeah have have it just as a complete mystery and like i said it gets people being creative so uh, another yeah. thing i would say is the whole seraphon spaceships thing really mm. i like i like seraphon spaceships again you know, going back to my Necroquake uh, part, it's it's weird. <laughs> you know, like yes. they went they went <laughs> off in spaceships, and you know, and, but I like it. Again, it just explains and and also makes them very different to a lot of the other races in the mortal realm. So yeah, yeah. definitely keep Seraphon spaceships, please. So for for ones that I would be open for explanation or change, one big one for me would be Horus's Warmaster. I do not mm. like Horus as the War Master. I don't mm. like Horus being the Horus Heresy. I would rather it yeah. be another Primarch. Um, oh. I think for me, now I can imagine people disagreeing with me on this because I know that from from one perspective is that, that there's some people that suggest that Horus was suggested to be the War Master and therefore be the you know antagonist of all this because. Mm. he's actually when you look at all the primarchs as a whole he's quite boring again don't yeah. shoot me if you disagree with that but <laughs> i think he is generally i think he's quite a boring primarch compared to some of the others he's not mm. very unique in his own way and i think that's deliberate that they made him a bit cookie cutter when it comes mm. to primarchs compared to some of the others and and therefore you know, it, he's therefore because there's a lot of attention on him, he's not taking the attention away from the other Primarchs. If you see what I mean, like where mm. they're a bit more interesting mm. than him, but he's interesting because he is the, I said, the antagonist of the whole heresy. Um, yeah. But my my personal opinion is that I think it weakens the heresy slightly because of, to me, how sort of quite dull he is, really. And you know, I know there'll be people you know, getting a bit enraged at that potentially. But I, yeah, I just would rather it be a different Primarch. I would have rather it been, you know, Lionel Johnson, for example, even Sanguinius. Sanguinius would be amazing Mm. as the, you know, the, the, I know it wouldn't work, the Sanguinius Heresy. I mean, that's quite a cool (laughs) name in itself, but I I, I get, you know, again, when you're talking about, you know, the, the way it's worded, you know, Horus Heresy sounds good, but I, I just don't know. I just presume, well, not presume, I would have preferred, a more interesting primarch to be the to be the, mm. the the catalyst of it all really um because to be honest when i read anything heresy related i and this is sad i i forget about horus and you know when you talk about primarchs not even when you talk about heresy you're like oh yeah mortarian mm. and fulgrim and gilliman and stuff i forget there's a there's about <laughs> three or four primarchs i forget about it yeah vulcan is another yeah. one um mm. as well oh, yeah vulcan uh, perturabo <laughs> I, thought, I like per- i really like perturabo but I, yeah, unfortunately, yeah, i forget cool. about i forget about yeah. it and and horus you know arguably the most important prime up because of what he did i forget about him 
I think, you know, as a character, I thought, mm. oh yeah, there's Horus as well. Forget about him. So yeah, that's something I'd be open to change. And I know we've obviously spoke about that many, well, oh, yeah. many day, uh, you know, <laughs> months in the past. I think it was one of our first <laughs> discussion topics. So uh, another thing I'd be open to change on is the emperor on the golden throne. Because, and again, I know we touched upon this, I think when we, did we, we did a discussion topic, I think about Warhammer 50k, you know, if things yeah, sort of completely yeah. changed. And again, I, and I think if I remember rightly, when we were talking about it, I said, I would, I want the emperor to do something, i.e. Yeah. I want him to either, you know, come back, you know, and in some sort of capacity or I want him to die or there's or yeah. the theory that he's actually already dead. And obviously the golden throne is just powered by the psychers and you know the emperor mm. technically doesn't exist anymore i it's i know i know a lot again a lot of people would love the limbo of the the fact well the fact he is in limbo i just would like it moved something happen please <laughs> like just do something <laughs> with the emperor either kill him off or move him forward i just think in his uh, stagnant state i don't know uh, he's saw- yeah no i sorry i just had a great mental image of them finally rescuing grandmaster Voldus. And the Emperor's died, they need a high level psyker, he's right there, so they just chain him to the to the golden <laughs> throne. It's like you can't teleport to the warp anymore. Yeah. You're stuck here now. <laughs> Someone has to make the astronomicon. <laughs> <laughs> I'd I'd like something like you say Grim Dark. I like it where they were like, Right, sorry, mm. it's your time. You've now got to be yep. the Emperor in you know, yeah. in, in quote marks. Oh. I, I would love something like that, or something really corrupt and oh. you know, something nasty. Um, you know what it's. You know what it's going to be. It's going to be Dante. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be Dante. No, Dante please, will don't. be on the verge of death. They'll plug him into the throne so that he keeps going longer. <laughs> please, Dante. No, don't do that to him. I no, I would hate that. <laughs> it would be hilarious in one sense, but that would be very cruel in another. I, I, I think to be fair, I'd rather the emperor died than resurrected. Yes. To be honest, oh, I think that'd be, be far yes. more interesting. But uh, mm. and I think uh, the other last thing I'll say about something being changed is, uh, and it's something you touched upon with the, like I said, with the AOS Pantheon, is the whole mm. Malice Jacothian Sigma thing. Um, mm. I, 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 I like, I like you. I, I like the fact that the, the how the gods came in to the mortal realms is quite mysterious. I quite, I like you. I completely agree. I find that interesting, and I like the fact it's dealt with that way. I just think the that. You know, the old world was just a big ball of metal and it was traveling hurting yeah. through space and time with Sigmar attached to it. Like he's just clinging on for <laughs> dear life and then comes across a big dragon. It, it's a bit, mm. I don't know. I, wanna, I don't want to say far-fetched because obviously it's all far-fetched, yeah. but I don't know. It feels, it reminds me of, again, something I'm going to touch upon in a minute. It reminds me of the, the whole Gilliman returning thing where you're thinking, mm. I don't disagree with it. It's the way it was done just feels a bit rushed or it like it wasn't thought through correctly i'm not disagreeing with it Mm. as such yeah would you prefer it if like the natural connection between all the celestial magic in sigma and azir itself the realm of heavens just kind of eventually drew him to it and then the first thing that happens is sigma like the meteorite that annihilated the dinosaurs slams with this orb (laughs) of metal straight into the middle of his ear wipes it clean and he starts fresh from there that see that would be cool that's i like yeah. i'm i'm not a fan of randomness you know random stuff mm. that's that's what the whole malice 
Sigma things yeah, like it was, yeah. he was just traveling through into time and space and it, you know it, almost like the big bang theory which i i think you know it, it doesn't I, i'd rather it be something a bit more like that where like i said there was he was drawn to this signal this this power mm. in some sort of capacity and then you know something catastrophic happened you know like i said azir gets smashed up and he starts again yeah that's cool you know and it's yeah. like well what was there what was azir like before it got smashed up, you know. Well, again, it was, it's a it bit... was covered in intelligent, loving gargants, is what yeah. it was. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. where all the gargant civilization was before Sigma just dropped out of the sky with a fifty million ton asteroid. No, it was actually full of <laughs> necrons, and then they got oh. wiped out in this. Oh situation. no! <laughs> <laughs> or that's where the Tyranids came from. That they all got wiped out, and then a few of oh, them remained, yeah. went off. <laughs> And and went to the forty k galaxy. We're busy running away from Sigma. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, there's like I said, there's uh, a couple of ones that I'm a bit undecided on. Gilliman yeah. returning um, is another one. Again, not Gilliman returning. Gilliman how he returns. I think the Gathering yeah. Storm, the whole you know with Uvrain, with you know Cipher, it just feels a bit Hollywood at times like the way sort of like yeah we all teamed together and brought him back and you know i don't know mm. it just doesn't it feels like again i uh, admittedly i've not thought of how i'd want it to happen but i'd rather it be dealt with in a different way and i think and yeah. another thing from an undecided point of view is i'm a bit torn again something we've mentioned previously which is stormcast eternals turn into chaos as a as a mm. as a concept um i'm not sure on that i part of me would like it because Chaos Stormcast sounds cool, and yeah. but then is it too much like Marines in 40k, where you know they've converted mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know, whereas in a way it would be quite nice if they kept Stormcast, you know, away from Chaos. Um, I would yeah. be open to, I suppose, Renegade Stormcast, where okay. they're not turned yeah. to Chaos, but they're they're doubting Sigma, which we have seen in novels where they 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 mm-hmm. they're almost second. You know, second guessing and you know having their own opinions on things. So, yeah, that's something I'd be yeah I'd be open to, but I wouldn't really particularly want them to go to chaos. I don't think because I think that's again mm. a bit too easy. It's again it's a bit like the 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 two legion lost legions in in forty k. It's like it'd be a yeah. bit too easy to go. Yeah, look here they are. They were lost all along. They were they were, <laughs> they were stuck under your, under your shoe. Um, mm. And <laughs> yeah, and I think there's a few other things that could be explained. Like they could whether like the Legion of the Damned as well as another one would, you know, would we want to see those explained a bit more? The fact they always know when there's something going on and they're always there at the last minute when actually secretly mm. it's, uh, it's the, you know, it's, uh, it's Voldus on the golden throne <laughs> dictating what's happening. <laughs> Who knows? But uh, yeah, solid. Mm. It's a solid question. I love this one because obviously yeah, yeah. there's so much. So Yeah. Uh, I I definitely think some things need to stay the same, and some things definitely would be quite yes. cool if they if they mixed them up. But mm. alas, probably none of that is ever no, going to happen. <laughs> no, probably not. <laughs> but thank you very much for your question, yeah. right, Cameron? Uh, last episode, so the you know our last ruin episode when we spoke about the Lumineth, you were chomping at the bit to talk yes. hobby and everything like that. Oh. So <laughs> let loose, Cameron. What you been up to, mate? Uh, it's been busy. Um, I have probably not actually posted everything I've been doing on the Discord and Twitter and Instagram, <laughs> mostly because <laughs> it's too much for me to keep up with. Um, so, uh, I spent 
about an hour this afternoon listening back to our previous Realm episode and doing a checklist of everything I could see in the house. So I think I've got everything. Okay. <laughs> but there may be some gaps that I fill in at another time. We'll find out. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, it's been a month, everyone. Uh, so first off, on the buying, I got myself the new House of Blades expansion for Escher in Necromunda. I got the new Escher Death Maidens and Wild Runners uh, kit that came along with that. I got the Open Hive War cards, which are sort of like the random mission pack cards for Necromunda, much like the one, like the uh, the Open War cards you could get for 40k. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got Rikonor the Grimhaler from the Nighthaunt line. I got Morgwaith's Blade Coven, the Daughters of Cain Warhammer Underworlds team. I got the Warcry Chaotic Beasts box. Uh, I got a crap ton of paint. I don't need to specify which ones because I don't remember. Um, <laughs> and I got a box of easy to build pox walkers. Uh, so that, that's, that's buying. Out of the way. I'm not going to explain any of those choices. They will explain themselves as we go along. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I'm just laughing because it sounds like you got one of those um, supply drops, <laughs> like yes. the random bits. Yeah, sounds you about in. right, honestly. I'm, I, I'm quite, I'm quite peeved. I didn't get the Australian supply drop actually because it came with a knight uh, Castellan. Oh, right, yeah, like, yeah. And that was the cost of the box was the knight Castellan. There was like a bunch of other stuff in there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, so let's start off with building things. Um, I'm going to start with what I did with Rikonor the Grimhaler. Uh, this mm. was a very impulsive purchase. I was just hanging around. I just wanted... <sighs> so, for the last month, I have been trying to buy a pot of Pallid Witch Flesh. If there is anyone in Australia who is listening to this and you have a pot of Pallid Witch Flesh that you don't need, I will buy it from you. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> Send me a message on Twitter, please. Because for the last month, I've been looking, both in both in uh, Games Workshop stores and just regular hobby stores, no one in Perth has this paint, and I ran out <laughs> a month ago. And I need it! Um, <laughs> I can tell. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, it's been very for sanity. Yeah, yeah. It's just every time I go into a store, I'm like, oh, you got any Pale of Witch Flesh? And they just kind of all look at the paint pot thing with like the one, it's the one paint no one has. Every other paint is in stock. It's just always out of stock. I don't know what's up with that. It's freaking me out. Um, so yeah, I was, I was just looking to get some paint. I came in. I was like, oh, you got any Paddle Witch Flesh? And I went, no, no Paddle Witch Flesh today. Like, oh, I'll pick up some Apothecary White or something. <laughs> and then I just saw Rikonor out of the corner of my eye and I went, oh, God, I remember when he came out. He was, it was pretty cool. Mm. That's a cool model. I'm sure I could do something with that. I don't know what. Because I'm the kind of person I am, I then proceeded to lay down $55 for a model I didn't know what I was going to do <laughs> uh, with. It's fine, because uh, I, have to, I have to redact one of my hobby sections from the previous Realm episode, because I said I had built my reanimator for my Indominus Necrons. Yeah. I had. I have now unbuilt it. <laughs> it has been reduced to splinters. I tore it to pieces like a mad animal. <laughs> <laughs> and then I tore Rikonor the Grimhaler to pieces like a mad animal because I needed to make a Necron Destroyer Lord. <laughs> uh, and what we have come up with is a terrible robotic flying horse with a with an overlord draped in flayed skin clinging on for dear life on the back with a void sight. <laughs> 
Uh, that's right. That's what Raikonor the Grim Hailer mixed with some spare Overlord bits, and um, ha- about half of the Reanimator has turned into. Um, I've used everything of the reanimator except for the legs and, like, the core part of the body. I've used, like, the sides, I've used the head, I've used the little forearms and stuff. Um, so those bits aren't going to go to waste. Uh, I have a plan for them, actually. Ooh. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do a catacomb command barge using, uh, Kurdos, much like Martin on a Discord has done. Uh, I'm gonna <laughs> stick the reanimator legs on it and just have this big walking throne and have that nice. be my actual catacomb command barge. So my catacomb command barge I already have from the start collecting set is now just only gonna be an annihilation barge. Cause I already have too many HQ choices. I'm not gonna build <laughs> an army big enough to have all these goddamn HQs in it. Um, <laughs> but I, but I want to build out my like my ragged court for this dynasty. So I'm I'm having fun with like all the all the theory theoretical crafting I will eventually do for that. It's it's pretty fun. Um this uh, this idea is held together with blue tack and prayer, but <laughs> I, it kind of has to be because I can't really glue it together before I paint it because it's like the it's like the flayed skeletal undead horse and then the outside edges of the reanimator wrap around it. And the problem is, if I glue everything on, there is no way in heaven I will ever be able to paint that. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. it's it yeah. would be impossible to get a brush under there. So I'm going to have to paint it in segments, which means I'm, it's only actually going to be fully assembled when it's done, mm-hmm. which is beyond crazy. Like, I've done plenty of sub-assembly work, but I've always always fully assembled the figure, primed it as fully assembled, then taken it, like taking a few bits off here and there to paint separately. Yeah. This yeah. is I lay the whole thing out. Legs separate to the body, arm separate to the body, uh cladding of the horse separate to the rest of the horse, the head of the horse separate to the rest of the horse. Like this whole <laughs> thing is a bundle of different bits that I can't prime if they're together because bits just aren't gonna get paint on them. Yeah. No, okay, <laughs> it's yeah. a real mess. Uh but I'm pretty happy with how he looks. Uh, I gotta work out a base as well before I can prime him. Um, I'm honestly, honestly pretty happy with him overall. Uh, and then, I'm looking at this, uh, okay, for the rest of the building section, I will only be talking about Necromunda, so if you're not interested in that, uh, actually, for the, for the rest of my hobby section, I will only be talking about Necromunda, so if you're not interested in that, fast forward to Matt's next bit, I guess. Um, <laughs> It sounds like mine, where I'm like, it's just sections like, from now on, I'm only going to discuss this. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, there are no good video games out that I want to play right now. Um, hmm. Honestly, I've been I've been looking over my finances for the year. We need to get a better computer here at the house, so I probably won't be able to get a PlayStation 5 right as it comes out. So, I'm, I've set aside the dreams of playing video games overall. <laughs> I've replaced it primarily with hobbing i have been on a big hannibal binge recently that's a good show if you're over mm-hmm. the age of yeah. 18 go watch that show <laughs> yeah. uh if you are not do not dear god um <laughs> 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 uh and so i've done a lot more building um i got really excited by house of blades mm. is what you i'm did. putting out here uh so the night before it came out the frenzy began um now, the Escher of House of Blades, they're an old storied house, and so they actually have an alliance with a noble house within Necromunda called House Ulanti. 
And you can enter that alliance in a game, and they will send some people down to help you. By which I mean they will send a very refined lady and her bodyguard to help Ooh. you. Okay. Uh, so the the night before House of Blades released, I made an Ulanti courtier uh, using a vampire from the Coven Throne uh, because a year and a half ago, two years ago, like a bit before Age of Sigma Second Edition, I got that uh, that malignant start collecting box. Oh yeah, I remember um, that. Yeah, and I and I built the Mortis engine from it, the hmm. one with the necromancer on it, with all the ghosts and stuff. And I've just had three three courtly lady vampires sitting in my bits box ever since then. <laughs> I just haven't found the right thing to do with them. Uh, but they're they're all in like leaning poses because they're all like on couches and divans, just all like, oh yes, quite the peasants. What are they doing now? Oh. Um, <clears throat> and so, uh, my, my way of reconciling this pose with someone in the underhive is she's got a big, like, bent corner pipe, and she's just, like, just leaning heavily against it, taking the weight off her feet. Oh, it's been so terrible. I've been trudging through this filth for hours. These, these crazy women want me to, I don't know, fight someone for them or something. I don't know. Um, I'm really happy with this one overall. It's a super simple one. Um, I cut off her right hand, which was holding a goblet, and replaced it with a flintlock pistol from the Kingdom Death Manhunter expansion. Uh, for those of you who think about prices of bits, that is probably the most expensive bit I've ever <laughs> used on a thing. If I bought that kit only for that bit, I would be horrified with myself. Yeah, but... <laughs> Fortunately, I bought it to play with in King of Death. I played it. It's a great thing. And the actual, like, main monster is great. But, like, as far as 40k goes, I only have that kit for this one or two bits that I've used. Dear God. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so I've, I've got that. And I, yeah, so she's got, like, a pistol resting on top of the pipe. And then I very delicately shaved the barrel off the combi bolt gun needle rifle. Uh, that the Escher kit has. I sh shaved the little needle rifle barrel off that and planted that on the end of the flintlock barrel, so now she has her needle pistol. Um, I very carefully cut the sheath of a sheathed Escher knife um, away from the handle and then cut the blade of an Escher power sword away from its handle and carefully grafted those together and stuck it to her back, so now she has her power sword. Um, the only thing I'm not happy with her is her mouth is open. She's showing her little vampire teethies. Uh, so I need to get rid of those. I don't think I can cut them away. So I think I'm just going to make her like a little veil or maybe like a little face mask. Cause it could oh, be that'd be cool. Happy, yeah. Be a happy yeah. memory of these terrible times. Like, I can always <laughs> look back at this many and go, why did I give her a face mask? Like, oh, of course. Painted in 2020. What, uh, um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm really happy with her. She really looks the part for me. Like she's got this great, like little styled Victorian wig, but like all the fittings are like little bones and stuff, which really actually fits the uh, the Necromundan noble aesthetic. They they love that creepy death look of everything. Um, she's uh -huh. gonna be hell to paint. She's gonna be absolute hell to paint. But I'm looking forward to it. Um, <laughs> Now, she, of course, needs a bodyguard. Of course. Um, of course, of course. Uh, and this is where the Morgwaite's Blade Coven kit comes in. Uh, I took that... So that kit has one standout model that everyone loves, and it is the Sister of Slaughter with the whip arcing over her head, who is, like, mid-slide over mm -hmm. a 
rock or something. Yeah. I think it's like a broken avatar of Kane, actually. Um, so I took her, I, I cut away both her arms, um, kept her pose, and then shifted her about 35 degrees more upright. So instead of like almost on her side sliding, she's like sliding forwards on like one knee. Uh, and she's sliding over a pipe. And again, another little pipe. Uh, she has an Escher stiletto sword slash power sword in her left hand. Uh, her right arm is the, from the new Death Maiden kit. That okay. kit is yeah. Yeah. super cool. Love it. It is. <laughs> I looked at the sprue and I was like, I don't understand how this was made because <laughs> this is the most packed sprue I've ever seen. It is. <laughs> ridiculous like it's all these tiny pieces the the biggest single piece is a whole torso and nothing else like <laughs> the number of bits in this is ridiculous um but she's got the the needle pistol from that outstretched so she's like sprinting forward over things she's and the the way the the needle pistol arm and her like tilted head mask lined up she is actually looking straight down the little telescopic sight on stop on top of the needle pistol. So it's like perfect, like mid motion, flowing, just aiming, running, jumping, all in one. Um, and uh, she's super cool. Uh, I hope to, I hope I get to use them in a game sometime when I play with Escher eventually after this current mm-hmm. Necromunda campaign's done, because they both have my favorite piece of gear, which is a displacer field. Which if you get hit, there's a chance you just teleport out of the way in proport- a proportionate distance to how hard you were hit, uh, which is always fun. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> uh, but also the mirror mask has an ability of whenever it activates, it can automatically switch places with the courtier, no matter how far apart they are. I guess the idea is it also has like a little disguise field. So it's like, actually I was, uh, you thought I was the courtier, but here I was the whole time. Whoop. Double swap. Uh, <laughs> lots of fun. Um, they're, they're super cool. And again, been reading House of Blades. Their Lauren is nice. We'll get into that in a bit. Um, mm-hmm. I wasn't done there. Oh. So with with the Death Maiden kit, I built a Death Maiden standard from the kit with twin venom claws because how could I not? <laughs> um, <laughs> it is not the most efficient option. It is not the meta option everyone's talking about, but it is this undead woman with just claws for fingernails stalking forward with arms wide, ready to like bear hug someone and just tear them to pieces. <laughs> she looks great. That kit is awesome they all the bits are so beautiful and gorgeous the faces are so small <laughs> <laughs> uh, she's actually got like the the night haunt style veil uh like the scenario catalar mm. as well so mm-hmm. it's got like just this little veil over the whole face with just the suggestion of features underneath which i really like um i built a wild runner with a bow uh because that's also from that kit uh these are the new escher juves they are super cool. Their bodies aren't super juvy, so they're actually pretty nice. Just basically a new set of poses to make for gangers and matriarchs and things like that. Um, the bow is super fiddly, but I really appreciate how it goes together. Because it's like the bow is up, and then you put the head in and aim it towards the bow. And then oh, okay. the the arrow arm, you slot in and pivot up and over the bow. And the arrow actually slots perfectly into where it would sit on the bow if you were firing in real life. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's got this super nice sort of line to it. Obviously, 
no strings because miniatures will probably never be there, nor do no. I want them to be. <laughs> no, um, <thanks. laughs> no, thank you. Uh, and I also built a Felix, which is a little lizard rat cat thing uh, from that kit. It's a pet that wild runners can take. Uh, these guys are super cute. They are little tiny, tiny cat things. I love them. They're very cute. Um, <laughs> and then I dived back into the Morgwaite's Blade Coven box. Uh, I took the Witch Elf dual-wielding swords uh, with one held low, one held high, sort of crouched over a log. And I turned her into a Death Maiden with the meta build, which is two, uh, two stiletto swords, because you can get a three-inch reach on them with one of the Death Maiden skills. It's ridiculous. Cool. Um I cut away her face, like like the uh, the daughter of Cain face, and I took one of the Death Maiden front faces and sort of shaved and shaved and shaved and finally slotted that into place. So she's got like just her mouth showing with bandages over her eyes. Nice. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, I wanted to give her throwing knives as a war gear option because that's a war gear option as you get now, and they're super cool. Uh, but there wasn't really anywhere on her person to fit, like, the holstered ones, and she obviously already had her two swords in her hands, so I couldn't give her one of the arms throwing a knife. Uh, so I took a bunch of the holstered throwing knives and clipped the handles off the blades. I clipped her big hair piece off, and I've glued the, um, the throwing knife handles into her hair, like hairpins. And I'll just green stuff up some more bandages or some more hair going around them. So it looks like she's got just a bunch of throwing knives stuck through the top of her hair. So she can, you know, start pulling out what da 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 style. <laughs> yeah. So, like, like I said, the new Death Maiden and Wild Runner kit is full of incredible bits. Super nice. Um, continuing to dive into the Blade Coven box. So that's done. I took the tail from the Melusai, uh, the Medusa lady in the box, and then I dove into the Chaotic Beasts box from Warcry, <laughs> and I took two Raptorix bodies from that, and I spliced those two Raptorix bodies into one body, and then I spliced that body onto the Melusai's tail, because I'm building a Chimerix. Oh, right. Uh, which, okay. is the, which is the Escher Brute. Uh, I've got it here. Uh, it's sort of in a coiled, leaping position. It's, like, coiled on an angle of, like, because it was at a really weird, almost sideways angle if the Melisai tail was flat on the base, so I've got it, like, propped up on... It's, like, slithering through some, uh, through some obstructing, like, cave-in in the underhive, and it's just leaping forward. It's got all these little clawed arms. It's got six limbs, and it's just got... It's got the Raptorix head, so, like, that beak-like head with the frills, but then yeah. I've cut off the beaks from two more Raptorix heads and added them on the side. So it's got like the little predator style secondary jaw <laughs> kind of thing going on. Um, and then I clipped the, the fumes from the nightshade chem thrower from the basic Asher kit, clipped that onto the end of the Raptorix tongue to represent the fact that this is a, this is a creature that innately has a weapon called chemical cloud breath, which is, it can just vomit out a little template, or a little blast template of uh, gas whenever it wants, because <laughs> Asher do terrible things to creatures. They do. <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, reading through the book, like, these things are tolerated only because the Asher don't use intelligent Xenos DNA when they're creating them. So yeah. I thought I would throw in a nod to that. So the two forearms are actually arms from the spirit hosts. So they ha it has little human hands for its front uh. legs. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, at a glance, it looks like any other Chimerix, which is to say, a weird, lithe, terrible creature. 
But if you look a little closer, you see, oh dear God, it's got opposable thumbs. And like, that's, they're not meant to do that, right? (laughs) (laughs) Um, so I've done some sculpting order to smooth over the one million gaps that were present after I did that kind of hodgepodge build of it and started sculpting some fur to really help integrate the snake tail into the weird lizard cat body. Uh, honestly, and I've stuck on a bit of chain from a chain rasp sort of around the tail, both to hide a seam and make it look like it was chained up slightly before this. Um, pretty happy with how that's coming along. Pretty cool. Um, I'm still not done with the, <laughs> with the terrible, terrible Escher curse that has been laid upon me. Um, so then I dived into the Goliath Forgeborn and Stimmers box, which is a weird place to go for an Escher model, I'll admit. Um, wow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I took the one of the female Forgeborn prospects from that box uh, because they're actually super cool. They're like big, not super overly muscled because they're just juves, but mm-hmm. like got some nice chest armor in a nice solid standing pose. Uh, then I took the Escher chem thrower arm that I had clipped the little gas cloud off of and made that the left arm sort of held out at an angle here. I gave them a wild run ahead. Uh, and then I took the giant backpack of ammunition that the grenade launcher stimmer has stuck that on her back uh ran an ammo feed from that giant backpack into the back of like the chem thrower drilled a hole in the front of the chem thrower so now it just looks like a ballistic weapon instead of some kind of weird flamethrower so now she's she's an escher champion with a heavy stubber uh she's missing her right arm because she took it off to get the servo harness to hold this (laughs) <laughs> probably half ton of ammunition on her back without dying. Um, <laughs> and she somehow fits on a 25 millimeter base just. Um, I actually really like her. She's not a ton taller than the other Escher, but she's definitely like broader. Um, I was actually inspired. I'd seen someone use this body for a heavy stubber Escher conversion before, but like just holding a heavy stubber, I was like, no, no, no. It's strapped, big, big strap on the back. The actual gun's strapped to her one remaining arm. She just walks around and waves at people and they go away. Um, <laughs> uh, pretty happy with her overall. She needs a bit more work, like lining up some cabling, fleshing out the little servo harness thing, replacing her arm. But uh, yeah, pretty happy with her. Nice. Now we go back towards Goliaths for a sec. Um <laughs> So last episode, I said I'd gotten an ammo jack from one of my territories, so I needed to make an ammo jack just in case. So I've now made an ammo jack. I used Katachan Command Squad legs, a Gene Stealer neophyte body, um, a Tempestus Scion head with beret and glorious mustache. Oh. Um, yes. Uh, the left arm from a Skatari with the hand from the Mark III armor kit with power sword, because uh, ammo jacks get either a power sword or a power hammer, and then either a bolter or a combat shotgun. Uh, and then the right arm is from the Katachan Command Squad. It is the big, beefy, muscly arm with a bolt gun. Uh, it's got a Goliath shoulder pad on top, uh, and then I just covered his base in spare packs of ammunition. Nice. Uh, again, from the Mark III kit. Um, pretty happy with him. He's not like super dynamic, but he doesn't also look affiliated with any gang. So after this, I can use him with other gangs. So if I want to hire an ammo jack, they are pretty good. Um, I also got really inspired by art and house of chains, took one of my very few remaining Goliath bodies and built Ajax Gorgoth. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is like house Goliath's head enforcer 
he is the guy so he's a house agent so if your gang is sort of low tier you can try and give a call to the house proper and be like hey guys we need help send someone to help us and if you roll well enough this guy might show up and he is a badass <laughs> Um, <clears throat> he has a custom servo claw, which I've represented with the Mark III power fist with, um, like some extra, like knuckle duster stuff strapped to the back, uh, and a custom chain cleaver, which is two Mark III chainsaws shaved down and glued together to form a double-edged chainsaw, uh, double-pronged chainsaw, basically. Um, he's got a little half cape from the Skitari coat, uh, his head is a standard Goliath head with a trimmed down um, metal-only mohawk from the Stimmer set. set. Uh, And I cut the entire front of his torso off and then shaved down the front torso from a Mark III armor kit and shoved that on because he has Carapace armor. So now he's got, like, he's this big, heavily armored guy. He's got a chain cleaver planted in the ground. He's raising up this massive, cumbersome fist. Uh, I think he looks pretty cool. He still needs a bit more work. Uh, and I'll probably never use him in a game as Ajax, but he'd make like a cool Goliath leader or something. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. I also made him a little stepped base because he didn't actually fit properly on a 32 millimeter base. So I put him on a 40 millimeter with like a 32 one carved up to form like steps that he's like just standing on top of. Uh, yeah, pretty happy with how he's going. He's pretty cool. Still haven't finished building. Um, Um, I finished all the sculpting and additional detailing on my Goliath Zerker. Uh, I sculpted himself like a little half of a motorcycle jacket that's still somehow clinging on there. Uh, I fixed his head. I used the bottom jaw and mouth of the stimmer head. Hello, hello, Lizzie, you need attention. Um, <laughs> I used the bottom jaw and mouth of the stimmer head, took the, the head from the Chaos Space Marine vehicles add-on sprue, uh, the helmet with like a lens over one eye, um, somehow, I don't remember how, got the, uh, got the jaw to stick onto the bottom of that, like shave down, shave down the neck so it's flat, stuck the jaw on that so it looks like he's got this big chunky helmet strapped on, but then you can still see his mouth, Judge Dredd style, just screaming, um, and stuck a stimmer mohawk on top of all of that nonsense. Uh, and then sculpt it onto his neck. So his head is still technically the same size, but now it's way bulkier with this big helmet, so it looks like it fits better. Um, <clears throat> I also stuck a bunch of spikes, uh, bone growths in particular, coming out of his, like, poking out of his skin in various spots from the Poxwalker kit that I bought. Uh, and the final detail, his hand, his big hand looked a little empty. So, so I took the uh the wooden mallet from the Poxwalker easy to build kit, and so he's got this tiny little hammer that he runs around with, and just beats the hell out of people with. Apparently, <laughs> um, I'm super happy with how he came out sculpting wise. Like I could do better probably, but I'm pretty happy with where he's at. Uh, he's he's fully finished now, which is good because I've just got him him into the gang officially. Um, yeah, pretty happy with him. Um, cool. Then I took those pox walkers that I'd clipped all the horns off, and I made hive scum. By hive ah, scum, yes. I mean I mean sump hicks. Uh, hey, pa, where do we put the shotgun? <laughs> the enforcers <laughs> are coming down again. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I took it up on myself to humanize these pox walkers. Um, <laughs> That's a job so itself. Yeah, oh god, it is. So the first step was clipping off all the horns. And the second job was 
scraping off all of the boils and maggots and like intestines uh, and then using a lot of green stuff to smooth them all over. Um, I used some Gene Stealer Colt neophyte weapons, like they've got auto guns and shotguns from that. Uh, two of them have hats from the Manhunter kit from Kingdom Death, also very expensive bits to use. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, but my, uh, my pride and joy, my premiere creation is the one I've taken to calling Pa! Hey, Pa! Um, <laughs> So this is from the easy to build pox orc with, with like the big bloated belly and he just has these big like mittens for arms at this point. Like, I don't know if you know the one I'm talking about, but he's just big and bloaty and awful. Yeah. Uh, and so I removed all his boils. I sculpted him some suspenders and I smoothed <laughs> oh. off his belly. And so now he's in, he's in his pants and then his big beer gut is just hanging out sort of reined in slightly by these suspenders going up over his shoulders and down his back uh <laughs> he has two goliath arms but the hands are from the chain rasp kit uh so he's got a sword and an axe and then his head is the same head of that pox walker has i think is it no it's not it's a gene stealer colt's head okay Thanks, Bray. Um, it's a Gene Stealer Colt's head, but I've added like a big Abraham Lincoln style beard, taken the cigar from the Goliath's kit, which is the worst bit ever created because it's a one millimeter by like two millimeter cigar. <laughs> and I've stuck that roughly where his mouth should be in amongst that beard. And then I've sculpted him a floppy fishing hat. No. Um, nice. And he's sort of just kind of lumbering forward with like, Clearly, he's still very strong. He's got these big, muscly arms, but he's just let himself run to fat. Um, I was actually inspired by that description of the ex-Goliath in Road to Redemption, Quiet Tim, just this Goliath who had sort of, you know, stopped being a ganger and stopped working the foundries. And so he's still big and strong, but he's not on the juice anymore. So he's also gotten really fat. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I made five more of them. So I've got a group of six little sump hicks, which, again, just count as hive scum, basic regular regular necromundan civilians um yeah pretty happy with them uh i've got a few of them primed and uh, i'm gonna start painting them up soon hopefully okay that's all the models still not done with the building because <laughs> armies on parade has been announced for this year it's virtual armies on parade mm, of yes. course i'm going to take part and why should i not take part and also at the same time make a tile for necromunda why not why shouldn't I do that? Makes sense. Um, yeah. So yeah. I took some of the yeah yeah I took some of that foam I had gotten to make walls for Zone Mortalis, which I'm still working on in the background of all of this. Nothing really to announce there. Uh, essentially, I took a full sheet of this, cut it in half because it was like a four foot by two foot sheet. Cut it in half, stuck the two bits together. So now I have a two by two tile, which is the armies on parade size, and also conveniently. The equivalent of four Zone Mortalis tiles in Necromunda, so it's it's just a nice big two foot square. Um, and I decided my theme. I did some sketching out. Uh, hey, this is an important thing, guys. If you want to do a big project like this, do a few concepts. Like run through mm. run through yourself what you want to work with, what you want to do. Uh, and I settled on it came from the sump, which would be my Goliath gang defending a little sump side uh, shanty town against something <laughs> like awful dragging itself out. Yeah. Um, so I've cut out like a little jetty, there's two little piers, and then there's a, obviously a cut down section, which is going to be the, like, the muddy, grubby, slimy water. Uh, I'm going to make like a little dinghy floating off one of the piers. Um, 
And then I carved out like where I want the few buildings to be. I've decided the big main central building is going to be a place called Sump and Chips. Uh, because <laughs> legally they can't call it fish. So it's just whatever comes in from the sump that day, it's Sump and Chips. Um, <laughs> Love it. Uh, yeah, uh, I cut out like a hole that goes down one layer of foam uh, to make sort of like a fountain. It'll be like a fountain or a well or something. I'm not super sure yet. Uh, and then I've got some cardboard coming uh, that I can start building buildings with. I'm going to go get some MDF to like neaten up the sides and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then I've uh, I've slapped some some ceiling stuff on it basically. So I don't know if you've heard of something called Mod Podge. Yes. Yeah. We. Yeah. My my wife uses it for her crafts. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Uh, so I I've mixed that with black paint and a bit of water and basically just given it a couple of coats over the top and it actually really really hardens the foam up. Uh, makes it like it sounds super solid, uh, which is nice because I don't want this stuff just breaking off all over the place. <laughs> no. Um, and has the secondary effect of I am now able to spray this with like a can of primer, um, which I'm not going to do yet because I've got to build all the buildings first. But like, I feel like I'm off to a good start. I've only yeah. done this in the last couple of days. I'm pretty happy with where we are. Uh, so that's all the building done. Oh my oh, God. We got there. We got there. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Um, fortunately, the rest of the stuff is not so long. Um, so for painting, uh, I painted up that Goliath, Juve, and Ganger I had made, Baron and Billy Silverhands. I'm super happy with them. I think mm. they are two of my best models I have painted. And yeah, don't say okay. that lightly. Um, I gave them both darker skin, and I took this as an opportunity to really lean into learning how to paint darker skin. And I'm super happy with my recipe for a nice sort of dark skin now. I did also remember to paint Baron's palm... Uh, like a lighter flesh colored because that is how people be um if you have darker skin you will have a lighter palm color um yeah i didn't want to fit because i forgot that initially i went oh crap wait that's not right people aren't <laughs> people aren't people aren't dark brown all over there there's, there's some different colors there um he's got just a standard black mohawk but he's got like the kiss style black and white striped makeup he's just screaming yelling and running forward reaching for something with an axe in the other hand um, and I, he's got his little, his little, uh, sports ball bib. Uh, he's number six, Baron, and I have no idea how I managed to paint the Baron onto that bib because, <laughs> like, I've been using a magnifying lamp and that helps, but I still don't understand where all this fine motor control suddenly came from. I'm very happy it's here. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> Having a good time with it, but, um, I don't know how I painted that. But I'm glad I've learned how to do super fine detailing, I guess. Um, <laughs> uh, same with Billy Silverhands. He's all painted up. His hands are very shiny. Uh, and he has probably my favorite tattoo I've done, uh, which is his right shoulder has a tiny little Punisher-style skull on it. Oh, nice. That, again, I somehow managed to, like, detail in the lines that define the teeth and the little dot for the nose and everything. No idea how I did it. Um <laughs> Painted up the ammo jack. He's about 80% done. He just needs some more highlighting, some more detail. I need to finish the base and then I'll seal him and he'll be done. Uh, and the final bit of painting I did was I painted the Zerka. I painted Big Brutus Bash, which is what I've decided is his name, BBB. <laughs> um, he was a pain to paint. I'll give him that, uh, but I did it. <laughs> um, I thought he looked absolutely awful until i did the final details of like all the blood and some little like bits of weathering and mud and stuff and then i went oh he actually looks great 
Uh, <laughs> Turned it around. It's, it's, it's one of it's one of those paint jobs where for like ninety nine percent of the time it's like God, I've I've wasted six months of my time and like <laughs> this is not worth it. I'm not even going to put this guy in the gang. And I finished. And I was like, actually, I quite like yeah. that. Yeah. Nice. yeah. <laughs> um, the, it was a lot of skin. Is what I'm going to give him. It was mm. a ton of skin. Uh, I was having to use flayed one flesh. This is why I wanted pallid witch flesh because I'm more comfortable with that. Had to use flayed one flesh, which was new and interesting and gave it sort of a slightly yellower tone, but I think it worked out okay. Uh, again, lots of highlighting, a few liver spots hidden around there, here and there. Like if the contrast, if the contrast pulls wrong, guess what? That's just like a mole. Yeah. Paint that up a little yeah, more. Suddenly he's, yeah, he's got yeah, detail yeah. on his skin. Um, he has a little, uh, tattoo on the front of his arm, which is actually a little fun dig that I did with him and Billy Silverhands. So Billy Silverhands has a similar tattoo on his left arm. Uh, it's a play on the natural sign in music because a note can either be flat, sharp, or natural. <clears throat> and Billy has a little natural sign on a black background with three little white dots, which means he's killed three Natborn Goliaths in close combat and won. Uh, because he's a vat born. He's, he's none of these natural births for Goliath. No. Oh, no. But then, but then poor, poor Brutus has the nat born symbol, but done in black on a white background because he is actually nat born and he just wants to be proud of who he is, but he's turned into this terrible monster. Um, <laughs> now rules wise, I can't make him nat born. That's fine. I don't want that anyway. Uh, but I like it. Like this is his tragic backstory was he was actually a naturally born conjoined Goliath twin. And because of what happened to him and his brother, they turned to the stims. It was, it was very terribly sad, I'm sure. But now he's a big, big buff monster with a tiny hammer. So who cares? Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, going over to playing the game. I've gotten in a couple of games in the last four nice. weeks. I did a, uh, did a casual non-campaign game of Necromunda, uh, with, uh, my buddy Dave, who is, uh, not in the campaign currently. Uh, but we just did Goliath versus Van Saar. Filled up a kitchen table with terrain and then just went at it. Real proper kitchen table game. It was a lot of fun. Um, there were a lot of Jews shenanigans, uh, in that the Jews were entirely ineffective. And then there was one turn where every Jew got a perfect headshot. <laughs> and then they, then they immediately went back to being completely ineffective. Uh, it was great. Like the, again, it's one of those swingy games. Like the first half of the game, like I've probably lost this. And then I got in close and like, I might win this. And then his melter gun started running around. Like I've definitely lost this. Uh, but lots of fun. Great time. He also has a lovely dog. I love you, Rocco. I know you're not listening, but you're a good dog. Um, <laughs> the bestest boy. And, uh, yeah, yeah, best boy. And then last night, actually, we had our downtime game for the actual campaign because, uh, Scheduling issues means it only just happened, despite me saying we were about to go into downtime last realm episode. Um, <laughs> the, the theme of this one was the terrain was stacked pretty high, uh, and it was a race to the top. Um, so immediately I looked at the other Goliath player across the table and said, you know, neither of us are winning this. And he just kind of sadly shook his head because we're slow as hell. There were two Escher <laughs> players who are fast as hell. Um, who would have guessed? Um, uh, I knew I would make it to the top, so I just focused on fighting other gangs and trying to stop them so I could get experience <laughs> for taking their guys out. Um, Billy Silverhands, this was his first official game. He did a pretty good showing of it. He sent two Gene Stealer cultists to the dock, including an aberrant. Uh, but in return, he got shot in the face with a crack grenade and died. 
So he he was in the he he was in the gang for one game, and now he's dead. No comebacks. <laughs> um, and we also lost Buddy. Uh, Buddy got carved up by a mining laser. Also oh dead. no! Oh, yeah, I'm very I'm very sad about that, especially because if he had lived, he would have leveled up. Oh! But then, but then I rolled for what he would have gotten. He would have gotten plus one intelligence, and that's. I'm not so sad after that. He doesn't need that. <laughs> it was fun. Um, yeah. Uh, so, but I still have these models. I still have their gear. So I've got like an extra bolt gun and stuff sitting around in the uh, in the gang stash. Uh, so as soon as I get new gangers, I'll just give them that and use the same models and be very sad internally. It'll be Buddy 2 and Billy 2 or whatever. <laughs> um, it was a pretty good game overall, though. I had a lot of fun. Um, the winner was Nicole who, who uh, I fought in my last campaign game, mm. who was the uh, the orchestrator of door shenanigans. Uh, this time she was the orchestrator of sprinting shenanigans because she had an Escher champion with a cam thrower who could move 15 inches each turn. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, and so just sort of raced up to the top. To be fair, first to the top were two juves, uh, an Orlok juve and an Escher juve. Uh, they fought for a bit, and then the Escher juve finally got beaten and thrown off the edge. And nice. then this Escher champion just comes sprinting up the ladder and just beats the shit out of this other Juve. Like, the, the all I played in is like, my only chance to win is to charge here. So he charged in, did nothing. Um, the Escher champion put him down and then it was her turn. So she just walked over, picked him up essentially and threw him off was how we like, like, the- theatrically that was what happened in, uh, reality. She just kind of coup de grade him, took him out. Um, <laughs> It was a lot of fun, uh, and with the 250 credits I got after that, uh, cause you get a, you get a downtime cash influx, I was able to buy my Zerka. Uh, I spent 290 credits total, all of my money getting him, instead of spending money saving Billy and Buddy, which I could have. <laughs> but, uh, I think in total they would have cost me like 300 credits at the doctor, so I couldn't really, I couldn't really uh, justify to myself saving them, but not getting this circle I'd spent so much time on into the gang. Um, <laughs> so uh, he's now joined the gang. Um, nice. And then finally, reading, I've read House of Blades. Seven mm. out of five. Very good. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Thematically, kind of the exact opposite to House of Chains, because House Goliath has actually only been around on Necromunda for about a thousand years. There was a House Goliath before that, but we don't talk about them. Um, <laughs> the, the current House Goliath is the newer one, and it's very young comparatively, whereas the Escher are so old that they can trace their roots back to before Necromunda was settled by humans, which is... That's a claim. <laughs> kind of crazy. Yeah, no, like they, can, they can literally point back and be like, hey, you see, you see the first governor of Necromunda? You see those three ladies standing next to him? They were the first Escher. <laughs> like that's a lineage and like yeah. it has that theme through it. it was, whereas Goliath was like sort of finding family bonding with each other over shared experience the Escher things is, is against that f- theme of unity and family but it's all about lineage and mm. tracing tracing the paths of your ancestors there's tons of great great little hooks so like in the Goliath one there was all this fun stuff um, like you know Goliath do this Goliath do that but this one has things like a clone of one of the original three Asher escapes into Necromunda as a whole and then just disappears. <laughs> like, a perfect clone of the original Asher. Or, like, you know, um, this group of male Eshers show up from the wastes and everyone goes, what the... What? What? <laughs> because, you know, Asher 
manage to corrupt their own genetics and basically wipe out all of the male Eshers uh, due to terrible, terrible uh, DNA deformities. Uh, but then suddenly one day just this this gang of all male Eshers show up, like just somehow manage to barely escape that. And everyone goes, um, what? And then they see what's happened to House Escher and all immediately go into hiding because they don't want to be just captured and kept for you know milking effectively uh to be a little crass about it (laughs) um (laughs) all these all these fun little hooks in there the rules are super cool uh all the toxin stuff they talk about super fun um a bit more expensive than the goliath version but i think way more versatile because you can literally match by match tailor your toxins to who you're fighting which is really cool um and then the only other reading i've done is i'm about a quarter into avenging sun I'm having a pretty good time. It's off to sort yeah. of a slower, more methodical start, but I like yeah. that. Uh, we get to see weird things like Gilliman sleep standing up surrounded by 20 guards. <laughs> yeah, not weird at all. <laughs> not weird at all. Um, having a good time reading that, looking forward to talking about that more in depth another time. And that, that is all my hobby. Oh my god, mm. it took like the better part of an hour. I'm just looking at the recording timer now <laughs> with shame. Um, <laughs> You're a busy lad. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, and finally, my community highlight. Mm, um, yes. I, I have chosen Max S underscore minis on Instagram uh, is putting up some new pics of old models. They have a Carnifex chained to two Gene Steel occultists who are, like, pulling it along. Yeah. These are three separate models on their own bases, but with, like, the chain actually running between them. It's super cool. I just saw that. It's super well-painted, so thematic. Love it. <laughs> it's awesome, isn't it? They, I think by looking at it, they've used... Have they used House Corridor model, you know, models for the yeah. for the Gene Steeler Colts? It yeah, looks like it, yeah. body-wise, Mi- just with yeah, heads. Yeah, a uh, mix of Corridor and, yeah, some Gene Steeler Colt uh, heads, yeah. I really love it, and I love the, the orange and cream colour scheme mm. on the Colt robes and stuff, yeah. It yeah, just really works. Super cool, really well done. Um, yeah. We'll have a link in the description. You should look at it. It's very cool. Gives you lots of ideas. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. So what have you been up to? Oh, what are you oh, doing? <laughs> thank you for asking. Um, <laughs> uh, well, before that, I will do the episode hobby tip. So mm. uh, this was obviously on our Discord. So Damon asked, uh, does anyone have any tips for contrast paints? Going to try them for the first time on my salamander. So Martin uh, gave his advice, um, and Martin is you know, use contrast to good effect. So he's, he said, uh, generic tip, mm. use a light base coat, you know, as we know. So wraith bone or white works great. If you're after vibrancy, gray sear or a, another light gray primer for obviously less vibrancy. Whilst the just apply one thick coat approach kind of works, uh, I mm. recommend treating it like any other paint. You don't want to overload your brush or the surfaces you paint. Yes, that is very true because yes. like I said, I know I remember when, uh, contrast first came out and I was a member of being at uh, warmer fest and they were showing us to do that. Whereas it does work in that context, but yeah, I think you don't overload it as much as they sort of reckon. Um, mm. and he's, and then he goes on to say, uh, use a spare dry brush, i.e. a brush that's not wet, not a brush for, <laughs> a brush for dry brushing, uh, to wick away any pooling you get on flat surfaces, uh, pooling yeah. being where the paint flows and gathers in a patch on an otherwise flat surface uh, if you let it pull you get patches of dark color that won't look right yeah i mean that's very uh very prominent for, especially for space marines obviously in this in this particular example as well because obviously people 
want to use contrast on their on their space marines but like i said because they've got a lot of flat surfaces uh but you can get around it like i said just don't let it pull um and i believe i'll see if i can i'll hopefully remember to to link it as well is that i think after that conversation there was a, a, a link to a youtube video of someone showing you how to do it which a lot of the guys on our discord have used to to do it so yeah yeah that is definitely a good bit of advice so uh right okay my hobby i will try to be as quick as possible but i have been up to quite a lot actually i yes, have i'm excited i'm excited yeah. you've done a lot <laughs> i've been a busy lad as well so uh i'll premise this by saying what i have done to sort of help me move forward with this is i have done a lot of selling <laughs> i've been doing a bit of wheeling and dealing over the last sort of month or so where i've basically been selling or in some cases giving away you know trying to be generous as well uh kits that i've or or sprues or any you know odd bits that i've got that i'm thinking you know what i'm literally never going to use this this was bought for a project which i you know thought i may do on a on a whim and i'm never going to do it so let's have a purge so that is literally what i've been doing so i've probably sold more than i bought this this last month uh saying that i have bought something while you were talking cameron so i've got i've got a very a very (laughs) up-to-date purchase which is quite a big one as well so yeah but yeah so from a building and hobby point of view, I suppose it's Taylor two halves really. Uh, mm. It's you've got that, or actually no, it's more like a meal. The starter, the, the, the aperitif, is my night lords that I've been working on, and then yeah. the rest of the is a buffet of death guard. So I'm working on a lot of death guard over <laughs> yes. the last month. So so starting with the night lords, uh, right? What have I been doing? So I built a chaos sorcerer with wings, which I've forgotten mm. about. Um, because <laughs> i did it you know at the start of the you know since the the last realm episode so yeah i did a so basically i took the the standard chaos sorcerer the new you know the newish one the plastic one mm. and yeah i basically used the wings the the winged uh you know power pack from the possessed kit which i've still got spare and put a night lord helmet on it basically again very mm. easy kit bash but looks really cool. So yeah. uh, going on from that is, and uh, as I mentioned when I was talking about we print miniatures at the start of this episode, yes. like I said, I've got a shed load of Night Lord <laughs> shoulder pads. So I'd like I said, I, I did a you know add a, a custom request through them. So basically, they've done the the sort of Mark Three style, you know, the nice chunky shoulder pads, yeah. and obviously put the Night Lord symbol on it, and they look lovely. It's come out really well. Mm. Nice, nice resin look to them. And yeah, so I'm basically trying to put them on anything I can at the moment. So uh, one, the next thing I sort of worked on was my third obliterator. This was actually very, very cool, actually. A nice bit of generosity as well, because I uh, I went on Twitter and asked, does anyone have a spare obliterator that they've still got? Because obviously they, you can put them in units of three. I've got the two from the, you know, the start collecting box mm. and I wanted a third. And unfortunately you can get, them well sorry fortunately you can get them on ebay but unfortunately people sort of take the mick a bit with the prices of them they they go for a lot more than they probably should so i thought you know if someone may have one spare you know i'll buy it off them at a reasonable price and i'll have a third obliterator so i put that out and uh lee who's known as as at demon hammer on twitter uh if you're in mm. if you're in the community you may have come across him he's a really nice guy and he said yeah i've got one spare you can i you know you can have it yeah. you don't even need to pay nice. for it and i was like wow okay you, i wasn't expecting that <laughs> so uh we did a bit of a swap uh, in the sense that mm. i was like i said to him you know is there anything you want and he's like i need 
the you know the grey knight heads, but the ones without helmets. Where I think he's doing a sort of Iron Hands sort of mm. situation with his uh, with his Marines. And I, obviously, luckily, I've got a lot. Uh, you know, from when I built my grey knights a while ago, I've got a lot of those heads, and I had about eight of them. I was like, here you go. Yeah. So it was win win. You know, I got my. <laughs> my obliterator and he got his heads but what was actually even better for me and i wasn't expecting he sent me the whole sprue that the obliterator's on which includes the two greater possessed and the venom crawler i believe Mm, Um, so i got load of new models you know for (laughs) literally for the sake of eight (laughs) gray knight heads so um, so big thank you to him because that was extremely (laughs) generous of him he didn't have to do that so so yeah so i built the third Mm. one then i was a as a unit of three uh i built a hellbrute uh to get that going as well Uh, i've kitted out with the twin last cannon and power scourge because i think Mm -hmm. especially in ninth edition now i think having um a combination of ranged and up close combat weapons is going to work for a lot of these things. Whereas obviously in the past, most people would make a, a Hellbrew or dreadnoughts, you know, ranged only or close combat only. Whereas I think now that, cause now you can fire these weapons in close combat, you know, it's yeah. nice to have that as an option. So he's built lovely kit. Uh, I'll tell you what, the Power Scourge is a very fiddly bit to build there. I must, I must <laughs> <Okay>. say. <laughs> so then I started working on uh, sort of making my, previously built chaos space marines i.e the the, the monopose ones from the start collecting box into night lord so uh luckily i have 60 chain rasps from the mortal realms uh, <laughs> magazine uh when i bought oh. them a load of them cheap so yeah. i've started cutting some of their bits off to you know to make uh as fl- you know flayed skin on them um mm-hmm. i would say though it's not it's good but not ideal like as in, yeah. I'm I'm am using very selective pieces because ultimately they're a bit more rigid and they're not they don't always mm. go the way you want it to be when you're trying. It's supposed to be you know hanging off flesh, so or skin. So I'm gonna probably do more green stuff of that than that. But you know the odd one here and there is just gonna sort of you know vary mm. up a bit. Um, I got yeah. my hobby drill out, started drilling Primaris helmets to the you know the, to the top of there you know, power packs, you know, as trophies basically. Mm. So yeah, I've done, I need to go back to it, but like I said, I've started making them a bit more, you know, terrifying basically as much as I can. Um, And the last (laughs) bit I did for my night Lords was my jump pack Lord, which I'm really happy with. Mm. Uh, So he's based on Harkon world claimer, uh, quite an obvious, you know, kit bash to do (laughs) because a lot of people do it, but it, it's the perfect model for him. So, so basically I've, you know, built Harkon, world claimer i then use two arms from the raptor kit uh or the warp talon uh kit well same kit actually but from the mm. warp talons and i have given but the only the only thing i had a problem with is his helmet because one thing i didn't realize because basically i had a you know a raptor helmet to mm. to put in there uh but on the actual harken world claimer model there's like a like a vox grill type thing in front of the helmet and Mm. harkin's helmet is quite flat and the problem yeah. is when you then try to put a raptor helmet in its place it's literally you can't it's blocked yeah, by the, yeah. so so <laughs> i just cut it out and i've put like a little sort of little demon skull horned helmet mm. on the chest instead and it looks yeah. pretty good actually i was just a oh yeah it does to yeah to, to sort of cover it up really so yeah he's uh and obviously i've managed to put on one of my new custom made you know, shoulder pads as well to make it night lords. Mm. And yeah, he's looking, you know, for you know, quite a, a simple kit bash. He's looking really cool. 
So that was the Night Lords. And then I thought, you know what, let's crack on with my Death Guard. And I have cracked on with my Death Guard. I'm making a lot of progress with them. So I did, I, you know, last realm episode, you know, a month or so ago, I had started on them. But I think at that point I'd built, I don't know, five or six yeah. uh, Plague Marines about that, really. I'd, I'd only done a minimal mm. bit. So now yeah. I'm up to 14 Plague Marines. So I've got yeah. two, two units of seven. <laughs> uh, each unit of seven is five bolters. And then for the sort of the two, two extra in each unit, which obviously would be interchangeable, I've got two Blight Launchers, a Flail, and a plasma gun. So that'd be a nice little sort mm. of combination there. Uh, all built, all base. So they're a combination of the multi-pose Plague Marine kit and the, you know, the ones that come with like uh, No No Fear and such like. Mm. Uh, I've then built 10 Pox Walkers. Not done anything with them, yep. but they're built no. and they're based. I've then built, right, let's carry on. So a foul <laughs> blight, blight spawn uh, yep. as well. That's all built. A, a Putrefire has been built as well. Again, all based. I then built mm. the Blight Lord Terminators kit. Uh, yep. Lovely, lovely kit that is. That is such a yeah. gorgeous kit. Uh, obviously, horribly, you know, horrifying and and nurgly. So I built them. Uh, I built them with basically the three combi bolters and the bale swords. And then you've got a guy with the flail because that flail is awesome and big and yes. huge and lovely and then yes. the fifth guy has got a blight launcher and one of the, and a sorry the three combi bolters have got axes mm. and the yeah. blight launcher guy's got a sword because you only get three yeah. axes in the kit unfortunately so, um, yeah but you know, <laughs> but i was like fine he can have a sword that's, that's cool the same point so <laughs> that one's built and they're based uh what else yes. i have Excellent. built a bloat drone again uh built and based nice kit um, mm-hmm. what else have I done? I'm trying to trying to do the, the boring stuff to get the, the cooler stuff uh, <laughs> later. Uh, so I, um, I finished my play caster as well. I had sort of built mm-hmm. him last episode, but I had to, uh, sort of realign his arm. So basically I've taken one of the, the normal plague Marines from the, the multi-part kit and given him the staff that the play caster model from yeah. you know, dark Imperium comes with, because I, I wasn't a massive fan of that model. Uh, yeah, yeah nice, yeah. nice and easy. <laughs> And he looks really cool, nice and nice and cool. So that's the mm. playcaster. Uh, what else have I done? I have done a Chaos Lord kit bash. I was actually really quite happy with this one as well. So mm. uh, this is the Chaos Lord, or not Chaos Lord. He's actually the Plague Champion from Dark Imperium, mm. the one with the hood, uh, a power yes. fist, and a bail sword. So mm. I had him spare. I managed to get him really cheap on eBay. And what I did is I made it again. Very simple move is I wanted to keep the power fist but in his left hand give him a combi plasma now Mm. the way i did that is i took one of from again from the multi-part uh plague marine kit i took a left hand with a grenade in it cut the grenade off put that in his left hand it fit perfectly in there and luckily in the plague marine kit you have a bolter with that that has no hand on it that's that that mm. would be on their back basically so i cut away yeah. all the gubbins cut away the uh, uh the you know the handle and then just put it on top and then i basically mm. took the combi well the plasma part of a combi plasma from the death watch kit that i've got spare um and then just glued it to the side it, it hides the imperium logo mm. don't any of that imperial nonsense <laughs> on there and yeah, it, again, it's very simple, but it looks really cool. And oh yeah, I think it I looks put, awesome. I, I put some <laughs> put some chains on him, gave him a forty mil base, 
based it, yeah. sorted, so he's ready to start priming, like they, like they all are. Um, the Right, so I suppose the biggest thing that I worked on is my contempt to Dreadnought. So mm, I'm really happy yes. with this. So this... I, so basically, I managed to get hold of the plastic Contemptor kit, the one that would have been in it Betrayal of Calf, you know, the old heresy yes. uh, yeah. box that they don't make anymore. So, mm. and, but you can get it normally anyway, the, the Contemptor kit. So I bought that, and it, obviously, it's quite a you know boring kit in general. It comes with mm. obviously oh, yeah. a, uh, <laughs> a power a power <laughs> fist and either a multi melter or the um, also the Keris auto cannon. So mm. I thought, right, I'm going to Nurgle this up, and actually, yes. I need to find the photo so I can remember what it looks like. Um, so <laughs> so what I did is I had to do a bit of carving at first, so I had to cut out the original Contemptor head because uh, it's mm. fully, fully, you know, in into the one of the parts, basically. Yeah. It's not a separate yeah. piece. So, you know, a bit of cutting, a bit of... Uh, a bit of, uh, I suppose, filing down, etc. Managed to get that out. So then I've replaced it with one of the Plague Marine heads, really, the one mm. sort of with big, big eyes. So then for the chest, I then managed to scrape away, cut away the sort of things that are adorning the chest, this sort of, mm. I, I don't know how really to describe them. So but I managed to sort of make it, get rid of any, you know, Imperial iconography, basically. I've then put a Blight King from the AOS kit, a shield yeah. on the front i've then managed to re- or managed to hide the imperial sort of gubbins on the kneecaps with i think two shoulder pads one of the shoulder pads is from the blight mm. lord terminator kit and i think the one again is from a blight king shoulder pad which goes nicely and covers it all completely then in the sort of, I don't know, groin area of the dreadnought <laughs> i've uh, i've put one of the icons of, i think it was an icon of despair or one of the the icon that the plague marine kit has in it basically so with the bells and everything put that on the front that looks great um then which is the one bit i'm really happy with is on the right shoulder of the contemptor i've put Mm. literally a blight like half a blight king on on it yeah so i've it it looks really cool so i yeah basically i've taken the 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 front torso of a blight king i had spare and the head and just literally just glued it to the front of the shoulder pad so it looks like mm. this basically this sort of half a body just hanging on the shoulder basically um and then on the other shoulder i've taken the the half a bell so the bell from the um again from the blight king's kit as well and put that on the front as well and then i've put the top of a sort of nurgle staff again um, which comes again with the blight king kit on the top as well and yeah i'm really happy with it it just looks really I'm really. It's one of my favourite models that I've that I've mm. worked on. Basically, I put it on the Death Guard subreddit. That you know, and I it's had a it. massive. Yeah, it's had, a, <laughs> had some really nice responses from people. People really mm. um, digging it, which is really nice. And you know, it's good for your self esteem yeah. and all that. <laughs> so yeah, I was <laughs> I was really really happy with that. So uh, yeah, what else have I done with them? I have well, I say sort of started on Demon Prince. It's going to be my, the next thing I do with my Death Guard. So I managed mm. to buy a couple of the Nightmare Hulks from the Gellapox uh, that comes with yes. Rogue Trader for Kill Team. So I wanted to turn one of them into a Demon Prince. The only slight snag with them is they're actually a bit smaller than they look. When you see them on the GW mm. website, they look quite big, but they're actually only 40 mil equivalent, you know, 40 mil base type yeah. models. So whereas obviously a Demon Prince is on the 60 mil base. So my plan is I have got a spare plague drone kit. So I'm thinking 
of combining a plague drone with one of the nightmare hulks maybe having the plague drone mm. as the bottom half and them as yeah. the top half with wings so i don't know i don't know where that's going to go yet that is my that next thing good. yeah you should do it <laughs> watch this space it's, as i said it's what i'm going to do next you know either today or or start or maybe start on it tomorrow so that's that's mm. the next thing uh, i think that's it when it comes to my death guard like i said um what i've have been doing actually is i've been like i said i've been basing them as i go uh so basically when i come to prime them the base is uh you know all basically done so i've been using astrogranite debris you know texture paint it's wonderful mm. love it it's yes. such a good thing to use you're yeah. mixing so much easier <laughs> when i like, look i just want to make this quick and dirty like the like like death guard are quick and dirty so mm-hmm. <laughs> it's you know so everything's based and i've got so basically i've got about 12 to 1300 points already built and based just now i just need to start priming it and and get on with painting it my the plan with painting and this is what i did when i went to my local uh friendly game store yesterday is Mm. my i want to make it again quite quick and easy really i don't want to you know be bogged down in in with the painting i want them nice and dirty so yeah my plan is and i've seen this done a few times on youtube and other people do it is where you know you prime it black black and then you take two paints ideally like a metallic type paint uh you know like mm. a brass or a gold uh, you know like balthazar gold for example and then you mix it with a non-metallic slightly grimier sort of color uh, oh. or even you know maybe like a gray or a green and it just sort of just you know it, it mutes the the sort of metallic and then basically you just dry brush the shit out of it basically on the model mm. um and then and then you know put whack on some you know some you know sepia or you know uh, you know one of the other sort of shades and then then my plan is just then to pick out highlights you know just like the horn a horn yeah. here you know with like with you know either like mute either mute green or you know such like just to, you know and then so basically there'll be this sort of grimy brassy goldy sort of metallic with like i said with just mm-hmm. bits highlighted here and there and i'm hoping it'll mean i can paint them relatively efficiently that's what i'm hoping yeah. anyway so uh, Sounds but good. yeah see what see what's <laughs> happening so just to finish off the death guard i have got a few models ready you know either bought uh, and mm-hmm. lined up so i've got a noxious bright bringer on the way i should get that any day soon um i managed to get and i managed to get it at a normal price lord uh Felthius, you know that kit that's ah, now been discontinued yes. Uh, luckily, I managed yes. to buy it just after it had been announced. So I managed to get it for the you know twenty four, twenty five mm, quid it was going. Yeah. Whereas now it's it's silly money when you see it on eBay now. <laughs> so I've got that kit just to maybe do at some point. But the two big things I've got lined up. Um, one is a drill. <laughs> now, so uh, basically, what I've purchased, thanks to a few other people mm. giving me the info on it, is I've bought from Mantic Games the. Uh, vermin tunneler so vermin tunneler mm-hmm. is basically looks like the you know the big drill that you get on forge world oh, but yeah um, the termite? It, yeah that's a t- terax mm. terax terax pattern, terax yeah drill mm. um so ba- i mean obviously that is a you know big resin kit it's about 85 pounds or whatever it is whereas like i said if you mm. go to mantic games uh, and for one of their games i can't remember which one it is they basically have a drill that looks very very similar it's in plastic and it's only about 20 odd quid <laughs> so well, uh, there you go. <laughs> and i was thinking you know you know because obviously with now obviously with how you know slow and everything death guard can be the drill is a very viable option for getting plague marines up the board so yeah i've got mm-hmm. that coming any day now and i really can't wait to 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 do that 
Um, and the other big thing I got, which is the thing I bought whilst you were talking about your net commander stuff, Cameron is, um, and the reason I bought it then is because I, I made an offer this morning on it on eBay ah, and then it's just been accepted right. while you're talking. Um, I've got him. I've got the big lad of the death guard. Oh. I've got Mortarian coming. Ooh. So, uh, I nice. managed to get him for about 60 pounds, <laughs> all, all brand there new. Go. So, I'm like, so yeah. I've got, I've got Morty on the way. Cause I thought that'll round. Cause, cause basically in, in reality, once all this bit is done, you know, and built, that'll be my death guard. You know, I'm, I'm I'll have yeah. a good pool of models. I do have, a, I do have a plague burst crawler that I bought uh, about a month ago yes. as well. But you know, because I'm getting actually, you know, with the with this hobby run, I'm actually getting through it quite quickly. Um, mm. Yeah, you know, I will get to a point where I'm thinking, yeah, I've got I've got all the Death Guard I need now, and that'll be a you know a good two thousand points or more than two thousand. Now I've got Motarin because he's like mm. four hundred <laughs> odd by himself. <laughs> he's like four forty. So yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, it's been a productive last. This has been the last few weeks really. So it's yeah. been quite inspiring with some of the guys on our Discord because. We've been doing a hobby streak. Unfortunately, I broke mm. my hobby streak yesterday. So I had about 10 or 11 days in a row and I broke it yesterday just purely because I didn't have any time to, to do any hobby yesterday. But, you know, the, the streak will start again, uh, starting next week. So uh, I'll round off quickly with the last few bits of mine. Uh, reading, um, I've read quite a bit, actually. So uh, because obviously I've been working on my Night Lords, I have read Prince of Crows by... Aaron Dempsey Bowden. That's basically yeah. a horse heresy novella. It's basically where the Night Lords uh, got their ass kicked by the Dark Angels, which you know <laughs> call, falls nicely into what's happening, obviously release wise in the Horus Heresy. Uh, and it's where you know Conrad, um, Conrad Kurz has been injured, and and yeah. you've got some really cool scenes like Sevatar jumping on a on a jet fighter to get from one cruiser to the other in space. It's yeah, it's a really cool uh, novella, really. And then also mm. I read the. Painted Count by Guy Haley, uh, which is a very, I think I had it free in it or part of a, a humble bundle uh, sort of book thing mm. that I had a while back. And it's a little, again, it's a little, it's one of those sort of 20, 30 page little things. Uh, again, it, it actually ties in with Prince of Crows, which is quite nice actually. It just comes from a different perspective. So that was cool. Mm. Um, talking of Avenging Sun, obviously you're about a quarter of the way through it. I had listened yeah. to about three quarters of it because I got the obviously on audible and it got to the point where I couldn't take the voices anymore. The voices, Cameron, the voices <laughs> in my head. No, not those voices. Um, I just couldn't take, unfortunately the, the, the voice actor is who's very good. Actually his narration, you know, his narrative voice for, for narration is actually mm. very good, but the voices he picks for Gilliman particularly and some of the other characters I think are awful and actually spoiled the listing of it. And I don't, I've, that's probably the first time I've ever said that with all these books that get done on Audible. So I sort of got to a point where I stopped it three quarters of the way through saying, I can't listen to any more of this. And it's a shame because I actually really enjoy the book. But so what I've done is I refunded it and I just bought the paperback. <laughs> so, and as we're That's looking fair. to, pl- as, as the plan is to, to be this, you know, our next, uh, uh ruin episode, uh, I'm just going to read it as a paperback <laughs> just without the voice and tried to block out the voices. <laughs> so, uh, but no, like you were saying with like Gilliman, you know, with his, uh, his sleeping arrangement, it, I'm really yeah. enjoying it so far. So I'm looking <laughs> forward to talking about that one. Um, next, I listened to Bloodlines by Chris Rate. That's the very first Warhammer crime novel. I really oh. enjoyed this one. Really enjoyed it. Mm. It's, it's very good. It's okay. It's similar to some of the horror novels in the sense, obviously when we, when you and I and 
and Stephen Rhodes when he joined us to talk about Dark Harvest. If you remember, we were sort of saying that mm. sometimes a novel comes across like it's a horror novel that happens to be in AOS, like it, you know, it's not overly AOS, it's still quite horror. This is the same in regards to crime. So this Bloodlines novel is quite a crime, you know, it it's it's a bit 40k, not not a 40k novel that happens to have crime in it. It's a crime novel mm. that happens to be in 40k, if you, if you see yeah. what I mean. So but that doesn't take anything away from it. It's it's very Blade Runnery, very cyberpunky, oh, and yeah, okay. uh, it, it's it's cool. It's just you're following obviously a you know a detective that's had better days, and he obviously he's given a, a job, which obviously leads into a bit more mysterious you know ways and mm. things like that. So you know, it is a bit tropey, but again, not in a bad way. I, yeah, I thoroughly yeah. enjoyed it. Characters were really good. Voice was done really well. So yeah, I think if you want to give Warhammer Crime a go. Bloodlines is a very good start, and Chris Wright is a very good author, so I'm not surprised. And then the last thing I uh, read, or in this case listened to, was Lady of Sorrows by C.L. Mm. Werner. So that's the uh, AOS novel, obviously, focused around um, Lady Alinda. Yeah. And, yeah, uh, I good, I would say. Uh, not amazing, but I think it's a solid one to listen mm. to. If I had to, again, because I'm trying not to spoil any of these, but if I had to describe it, it's a bit like Fellowship of the Ring in AOS. So mm. you, it's got a bit of a bit, a bit of a mere start. It gets a lot better when it gets all fellowshipy. You know, the the gang uh, on this journey. Um, <laughs> it it um, it has a really good ending. You know, a really good uh, one of the better endings in some of the novels that I've seen. Um, the only thing that did make me laugh in it is you've got a lot of superstition in this uh, book. Mm. Uh, so you, a lot of the characters um, uh, are saying stupid, you know, superstitious things, which relates to the story because of the, uh, again, without spoiling it, it's a, you know, it's based around these sort of two cities, uh, the twin cities. Yeah. So it's a bit like the twin, yeah. you know, the, the two towers in, in, uh, <laughs> in uh, Lord mm. of the Rings. And the the superstitions are really amusing, but they get a bit monotonous after a while because there's only so many times you can go, you know, where they'll say like, "Oh, if you spit if you spit on a ghoul three times, then your second cousin <laughs> will give birth to a giraffe." You know, it's like, yeah, I've, you know, I've heard that <laughs> quite a few times now. So, but it's good. I, I again, I I would recommend yeah. reading it. I think it's definitely worth mm. reading uh, if you want something a bit different. So. Uh, right, that's been my reading, and the last bit of hobby for me is a few of the other things. Uh, quickly talk about Soulbound. Obviously, we're still doing our Soulbound campaign on Discord. Um, mm. I think I mentioned last Realm episode is that uh, that very day I was going to be changing characters because I was yeah. obviously a Stormcast yeah. at that point. Um, that was quite fun because obviously it surprised the guys <laughs> because obviously <laughs> me and Martin were in on it. So my Stormcast... Mm. Uh, got sent away to fight for Sigmar, and my new character came in, which is a uh, sorceress, but called Melita mm. Cruel Cry. And oh, it's so much fun! I, it's the <laughs> best decision I made, and that's no ref- that's no reflection on Soulbound. Soulbound is a solid game, um, but mm. I, I I have to play a slightly evil character, or at least where <laughs> the morals are a bit grey. I, I so yeah. a Stormcast character just didn't suit me. I just felt a bit sort of held back. Whereas I want a character which will do naughty things when the situation arises. So I feel unleashed now. And also I'm the only now, I'm now the only spellcaster in our group as well, which makes it a bit more interesting. Cause I, you know, when we played D and D I was a witch elf. So I was just, 
you're getting in and chopping <laughs> when stabbing, mm. whereas now I'm spell casting, which is quite a nice uh, thing to, to do. Uh, yeah. And leading on from that, uh, when that campaign finishes, I have put myself forward to run a Wrath and Glory campaign on yes. our Discord as well, um, which mm. is quite scary, actually, when I sort of realised I volunteered myself for it, because obviously I've never DM'd anything. But luckily Martin, mm. who obviously does our current DMing, is going to help me with that. So, yeah, we're going to do Wrath and Glory, and I'm really looking forward awesome. to that. Um, yeah. Last two things... I'm almost there. <laughs> um, <laughs> I also entered the August Fast Fiction for Cold Open Stories. Mm. Obviously, you know, we we follow Cold Open Stories, and obviously Colin had had a few issues, which we obviously spoke about on the show the other month. But obviously the good thing is that, you know, it's starting to get back up and running a bit now. So they did their August Fast Fiction. Obviously you and I judged the the June one. And, yeah, yes. I and the, the basically the theme for this one was a God somewhere was the, the theme. Mm. And I did a, my entry, which is called his final day. Um, and yeah, I'll, I'll share a bit more about it. Hopefully when it, you know, when, well, hope not when, but if something comes about with that, obviously if it's in the, mm. you know, in the, in the entries, which I'm hoping it will be. Um, yeah, if not, I'll, I will, um, say <laughs> a bit more about that. So that's really cool. Mm. Uh, and lastly, <laughs> get there now. Um, <laughs> I'm well, will be this week be playing Necromunda under Hive Wars because the devs yeah. were good enough to give us a copy of the game each. So, mm. uh, really looking forward to seeing what that's about and hopefully talk about it. Obviously, next realm episode. Yeah, <sighs> that has been my hobby. We've been busy, there we've been busy, go. lads. We have been very busy. Uh, lads. <laughs> <laughs> so, I will uh, finish up my part of the hobby section with my community highlight. Now, mm. this is uh, <laughs> this is something. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, you know, Cameron, you know when you see things, you're thinking, you know what? Some things are inspirational, but then some things are just, wow, I, I don't know. I should just quit now. <laughs> it's, it's what <laughs> yeah. I feel about this particular example. So now, so basically there's a, a gentleman on Twitter who goes by the handle at BlackbeardMini1, um, he's mm-hmm. a gentleman from Iceland and he has done basically a flesh terrors smash captain. Yes. And it is definitely one of those, Oh my God, sort of moments. I mean, like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, she sees other stuff as well. <laughs> yeah. It is Man. amazing. I would call this a rip captain personally, simply yeah. because there are chainsaws on the thunder hammer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it is a wonderful piece. So he's based it on the, Judiciar from mm. Indomitus from by yes. the look of it. And obviously he's given him the, you know, a big love. He's given him one of the blade guard veteran shields by the look of it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Then angel wings. Uh, what yes. are you reckoning the helmet is? I'm trying to work out what that would be based um, on. Well, the, the wings are from a dark elder kit. I think the, the helmet, Oh, it's from a corpse like, grinder. No, it's a corpse. Yeah. Grinder. Sorry, I just, yeah. yeah I've just seen it now. So, oh yeah, sorry. Yeah, I just absolutely. actually, I should just read the description. So, oh, yeah, so, well, so, the, so the chain <laughs> thunder hammer is a is made from two orc knob big choppers and oh, syn- and sanguineous guard bits. Helmet from the Necromunda <laughs> corpse grinders and wings from the Jukari scourges. Mm, so, mm. wow! But it's not just Holy the kit pouch; it's the paint job on it. Yeah, is, yeah. 
it's it's lovely and he it's like he's done it's almost like he's done extreme edge highlights but over the mm. flat surfaces that's what it sort of looks like and yeah yeah he's aiming for that um that flayed look that some of the blood angels armor has yeah it it, it oh it's just unbelievable really <laughs> i absolutely love this and i think even the guys obviously at the warhammer community uh, got very yes. excited as well so <laughs> you know like like all of them they'll be down in the description you must check it out it's so good yes please do <laughs> ah, right so let's finish up the whole hobby section with our discord highlights so who's your yeah. pick this time cameron uh, my pick this week, well, this week, this month, oh, God, this month, um, is, uh, <laughs> Mr. Sigmund Freud, mm. uh, long-term pillar of our Discord community, uh, because he's doing some Ultramarines, uh, assault yeah. successes, and he's doing them very nicely. I'm actually really impressed. Um, they're, they're crisp, they're clean, the colors are nice and bright. It is nice sometimes to just see, I don't, I'm not being, like, talking down to you or anything else. It's nice to see, like, a regular paint scheme done well. Yeah. If you oh, know, if you know, like, we, we on the net, we see crazy things, like that Flesh Terror Smash Captain. Yeah. Uh, we see, like, crazy painting styles and techniques and everything, and sometimes it's really nice to just see someone doing, like, the usual stuff, but really nicely. And that's what he's yeah. been doing. I've been quite enjoying watching those come together. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I don't, and, it's, and it's good, because I think he's had a bit of a break from doing mm. miniatures for a while anyway. And like, I, I think that's what, that's what's been, you know, sort of tied into mine and it's helped some of the guys mm. on, on our discord, like I said, is that the fact we've, we've all sort of, well, not all of us, but a few of us have sort of chipped in with doing our own hobby streaks, you know, to sort of mm. in, inspire yeah. ourselves to, you know, giving us a, a kick up the backside to get our stuff done, but also show that you can, you know, if you do a little bit every day, stuff gets done, but you don't need yeah. to spend, you know, hours and hours and hours, uh, on it as well mm. so yeah it's it's really really fantastic um so yeah i'm really i'm really happy for him so no really good pick yeah. uh my pick is one of the pillars of the community red shower shadow and is been his admec stuff um i mean to mm. be fair he's 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 a very <laughs> consistent guy when it comes to his work and the one thing i always find great about his stuff is the fact it's always nice and clean. He's got, he's, he's yeah. of, of all the, and this is no disrespect, disrespect to anyone else is of all, of all the people on our discord. He's one of the best people for painting clean, cleanly, yeah. you know, yeah. again, I mean, there's a few guys are like that as well, but he's, he always, <laughs> always seems to paint really cleanly. He's, he's obviously got that, uh, those skills. <laughs> so yeah, he's been doing admec in this lovely, well, sort of turquoisey blue, scheme mm, and yeah. again and and what actually surprised me is he it was it was a lot of dry brushing <laughs> the, yeah uh, the you know which it doesn't look it it looks like it's you know been painted very you know very cleanly but it's actually done like i said mainly a lot of dry brushing but it just works and yeah you know hats off to you mate you're doing a fantastic job on there so mm. uh, as you all are like i said you gen- honestly <laughs> we're in a really good place with our hobby stuff at the moment it's really really inspiring yeah. <sighs> But I'll tell you what is inspiring, Cameron, a break. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's have a break from all that hobby stuff. Um, so, yeah, we'll take our break now. Uh, and when we return, it's news time. Oh, boy. Welcome back, Warhammer fans. And as Cameron just said to me, let's do it. Cameron. Yeah. Smack me with that news. 
It's the news. Um, so we'll start with 40k as always. Um, there has been a big upset in the news. <laughs> um, so hey, everyone, you remember those rumors? Foundless, of course, that are uh, mini marines, the firstborn were being slowly retired, sent out to die. Um, you're wrong. God, why <laughs> do you have to keep saying that? I hate that you kept saying that because all marines are now a minimum of two wounds, as they probably should be. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> points will be changing to reflect this, but I feel that there's so there's a there's always been a tug and tug and push between uh age of sigma and 40k ever since age of sigma has been around where like things often get tested out in aos and come over to 40k but sometimes something from 40k makes its way over to age of sigma yeah um stormcast having two wounds i feel is something that has finally boiled over as the marine equivalent of the setting <laughs> yeah and it just it just makes sense yeah the tanky boys they're big yeah. and they're tough. It's weird that they die to the same amount of firepower as a guardsman if they yep. fail their armor save. Like, now, I am absolutely biased because <laughs> I'm in the, in, I'm in a position that greatly benefits from this, which is I run 20 melee plague marines. <laughs> yeah. Which have just become, which has just become a blob of 40 wounds. Yeah. All disgustingly resilient. Yeah. Which is, ridiculous like uh for for me in particular this buff is above and beyond like this yeah. is going from one to two wounds with disgustingly resilient is closer to from going to like one to three and a half wounds or even four yeah like with, uh, with how the statistics work out plague marines are mm, beautiful they're probably be i'm going to call it now plague marines are going to be 21 or 22 points yeah maybe even 25 but yeah we'll see yeah <laughs> so, i mean the thing is i think this benefits chaos players slightly more than imperial players i mean obviously mm. it does benefit imperial players but obviously a lot of people are probably running a lot of primary stuff now anyway which mm. you know yeah. because obviously that's been the way things are going obviously you know some people are stubborn and won't that's cool as well but you know obviously they've they're used to having a lot of two wound miniatures with the primaries whereas obviously now mm. for both chaos space marines and death guard etc yeah yeah they're, they're loving loving life oh. And it gets even better, because it's not all Marines go to two wounds, I should say. It's all non-Primaris Marines gain one wound, as mm. far as we can tell. Yeah. We're not sure We're not sure about Centurions, but apart from that, it's that. Um, yeah. Which, you know what this means. A, three-wound three three Death Shroud Terminators to guard Mortarion. <laughs> Each of them can statistically take, I think at this point, like three or four last cannon shots, no problem. <laughs> um <laughs> it's it's pretty ridiculous um yeah no yeah terminator's going to three wounds gorgeous um the 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 firstborn space marine hq choices only being one attack behind nice yeah it's like yeah i i still want other armies to come up to the marines levels because overall this is technically still just buffing marines slightly <laughs> um yeah, yeah. but it, it's fixing that disparity within the Marine faction itself and gives me hopes for... Like, because this is a big, sweeping change. Don't get me wrong here. This is them taking the book and just scribbling out half of it and replacing it with something nicer. It's a big, sweeping change. If they can do that with Space Marines, you can definitely do that with every other faction. I expect yeah. you to. Game mm -hmm. Workshop, you're listening. Mm -hmm. I expect nice things. I'm just saying. <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> it's also coming with a range of weapon updates, including things like flamers all going to 12 inches, which is mm-hmm. terrifying. Um, yep. No, no more deep strike charge, uh, say from flamethrowers. Um, I mean, if you're running successor, uh, successor chapters, you could have a 15 inch flamer, uh, if that was your desire. And I don't <laughs> see why it wouldn't be. Um, melter guns have changed from roll 2d6, pick the best in half range to d6 plus 2 damage in half range. Ouch. Really yep. nice. Very yep. ouch. Uh, heavy bolters are damaged too. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> I think it will, it will make sense. It, yeah. it really does. Yeah. You know, these are, these, like I said, I know it, because obviously that's the good thing is that's going to buff all armies as well. It's not just buffing mm. Marines because obviously any that have yeah. your flamer and uh, melter equivalents. And yeah, mm. like, again, I think I, I like it because I know obviously it's going to change the rules for a lot of people and think people have to adjust to it, but it makes sense. These are, yeah. these are changes that are like, yes, that's, that is the sort of damage this weapon should do. Yes. That is mm. how many wounds a Marine should have. So, you know, putting aside the competitive side, the, just from a narrative and you know mm. side it just it brings it all nicely in line as it should do yeah yeah i think it's i think it's sort of another step towards higher granularity like they they're t- stripping away a little bit of the simplicity here because the numbers are getting bigger overall but that lets them fine tune stuff to fit more easily with the other things that already exist because mm-hmm. like you know yeah it's pretty cool I'm really into yeah. it. Um, yeah. Honestly, all these updates sound super good. Do them for every faction. Every faction should get an update this broad and sweeping for ninth edition. Mm, um, we have seen some. We have seen some sneak previews for like some of the Necron stuff. That seems to be they're at least getting some decent stat line changes and stuff. So that's good. Getting getting in the in the line of that. Um, speaking of Necrons, though, we finally know what that skittering little thing in that first wide reveal shot was. Um, it is a hex mark destroyer, which is a death mark um, Necron who has been infected by the destroyer virus, uh, and now uh, seeks only to destroy. So he has six guns and six eyes with which to shoot his six <laughs> guns, and it looks absolutely ludicrous and dumb. I love it. <laughs> yep, love it. It's, again, very forty k, very cool, and mm. yeah, who who doesn't yeah. want a gunslinging Necron? Yeah. This this is I think is basically the evolution of the Kelomorph. We've we've gone from two guns to three guns. Now we have six guns. Um, I expect a Tyranid with twelve devourers coming up. There's I'm calling it now. Um, it, it's a cool design. Um, I'm not a hundred percent sure it is for me, mm-hmm. but that's my very particular take on Necrons and what I'm doing with them. It doesn't yeah. super fit as well. Uh, I'm a little more melee focused, honestly. Uh, but I can see the appeal. I bet it does dumb, fun things. That's the most important. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, we are having an update to Crusade. We're having the Crusade mission pack Beyond the Veil, another series of extra missions to play with Crusade games. Uh, and I believe an overall update, like there'll be more relics and things like that to use, if I'm not wrong. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. I think so. Yeah, it's 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 sort of like a like a DLC <laughs> for, yeah, for Crusade. Basically, it's going to add on because obviously the codexes are going to have their own updates mm, for Crusade. Yeah. But I sort of get the feeling now we're going to get lots of these little mini Crusade yeah. updates. Yeah, yeah. Which I think is honestly a good thing because 
apparently, I hadn't realized this, but apparently the uh, the Crusade missions are just the old default 8th edition missions. Oh, right, uh, okay. I didn't know that, actually. Yeah, I, I, was, I was listening to, uh, I think it was the independent characters, and they mentioned that, like, you know, if you've played a lot of 8th, you'll be very familiar with the Crusade missions. I'm like, oh, they're just... I just I, then I was like, oh, no, that is... I have played that. Yeah, that is, uh, that is how that be. Uh, so, newer missions might be nice. You know, taste of something new. Um, it's also coming along with chapter approved tactical deployment, uh, which is a new set of missions for matched play. Mm. Um, there was a little, there's a little bit of hissing and, uh, screaming about essentially it, we've had ninth edition for a month. Why are we immediately getting mission packs? Mm. And the answer to that is probably they were more planned to come out three or four months after ninth edition, but supply chains and COVID do not mix. Yeah. Yeah, would be definitely. my guess that just selling what they have available. Um, but hey, eh, it's more <laughs> missions. Uh, you don't have to buy it if you if you don't want it, don't buy it. Uh, yeah. would be my advice. Yeah. Uh, well, the thing is, it's also based around terrain, isn't it? It's all about themed terrain mm. and things like yeah. that, which is you know, which is a cool little additional thing to do. Again, I think that's what they like doing, especially with forty k. It's bolting on these little like, well, if you want to play mm. it this way, you can use this as well if you want. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And speaking of, use this. Uh, the Vertigus Terrain is coming, um, which, hey, it's a new terrain kit. It's got a little shrine uh, that, by the description of it, sounds like an IT desk, but it's just a statue of a tech priest that presumably <laughs> gives you automated responses like, have you tried turning it off, then praying and turning it on again? Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, it, it's it's nice terrain. Um, yeah. I continue in my crusade to not own 40k terrain for no apparent reason. I don't know why I haven't bought any. Um, I might buy this. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Just buying everything else. That's why. <laughs> well, that's, yeah, that's probably why. Um, I want models. I don't want to paint walls. Yeah. <laughs> Boring. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, our, our PL levels, our power level levels, uh, they are being adjusted. Mm. Which is also good to know. Um, so we we all know that these have been out of whack basically since eighth edition dropped because power level is like written on the data sheet, and so I guess the the idea was that to edit power level you would have to release an updated data sheet, and that would be a mess. So Games Workshop just chose not to, um, which led to things like uh, power levels being either horrifically over-costed or horrifically under-costed compared to the more uh, in-tune-with-the-times points. Yep. They are getting adjusted for 9th edition. Hooray. I believe mm. they have been adjusted. Yeah. Or it's, yeah, it's yeah. already out. Already? Yeah, so, oh, yeah. excellent. Everything's been updated. So, yeah, it's been out a few weeks now. It was, it's one of those where, obviously, people were slightly up in arms because, obviously, people were going on to starting their crusades, which is obviously based around... Yeah. PLs and obviously everything was slightly out of whack really which was good and bad <laughs> depending on obviously what uh, force you played so it, mm. um, it's good that they haven't taken too long because obviously I know it's probably disrupted a few crusades for people because obviously they've gone ah right now yeah. I need to adjust but you know fine you live with it you adjust yeah. it but it's good yeah. it's good that they've just gone and done it mm. yeah it's basically the index for ninth edition is this change because you know we already have all the stat sheets that's they're compatible but just you know tweaking tweaking levels which is good yes uh and finally if you like chunky little plastic boys but want your chunky little plastic boys to be slightly bigger 
Boy, have we got good news for you. Uh, <laughs> there are two more Bandai intercessors coming, one for the Imperial Fists and one for the Salamanders, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's right. uh, they're pretty cool. These, these mm. guys are basically the Ultramarines one in a different paint job, but they each have a little extra detail. Um, the Imperial Fist has an underslung grenade launcher on his bolt gun. Good on him. Or his bolt rifle, I should say. Sorry, Belisarius Cole. Forgive me. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and the Salamander has a much more ornate bolt rifle, uh, reflecting the chapter's artifice. It's got like little stained glass window paneling things on the mm. side. And he has a cool flame on his leg. Uh, yeah. If memory correctly. So yeah, they, they look pretty cool. Um, everything I've heard about the original Bandai Intercessor was it was really good, as most Bandai products tend to be, apparently. Um, still probably won't get one, but hey, <laughs> uh, if you, if you want more, they're coming. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to get them. <laughs> they're going to sell. <laughs> like the ones yeah, they're did originally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. All right. Well, uh, that's the 40k news in general. Uh, we're gonna move on over to Age of Sigma. Oh, I like what you did news. then. You went move, move over to very appropriate. Thank you. you know, yes. Yeah. Uh, so there's some Age of Sigma news. There's some big Age of Sigma news, which is nice after the last three months of there not <laughs> yeah. being much Age of Sigma news. <laughs> Please, uh, so, we need it. <laughs> God. Uh, so first up, this very weekend, the first wave of Lumineth Realm Lord releases has occurred. If you want Teclas, go and get him. I know he's not real, but you can have him in your army. <laughs> and he's not cheap <laughs> as well. He's not fucking cheap as what he is. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I, looked, I looked at that and I'm like, it's a very cool model. I don't want it. <laughs> and now I definitely don't want. Him. <laughs> he's he's the same as a same as a Castellan over here. So mm. yeah, which yeah. is a lot worse for the, us Aussies than you 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 Brits over there. I I realize that, but still, mm. even on your side, he's probably a bit expensive for most people. He, he's more expensive than than most knights at the moment because I think yeah. he, over here he's a hundred and five pounds, and I think an, your average oh, knight geez. is ninety five. So. Yeah, he's. Yeah. I mean, I suppose the the one redeeming thing is you know you're only going to buy one of them because obviously you're only oh, going to yeah. want one techless. Uh, so yeah. yeah, I suppose that's fine. But yeah, he's a. I I thought he would have been in the the sort of greater demon price range, but then I suppose yeah. that's probably what the you know the uh, the beefer of secrets will be. Yeah, I would assume the beefer of secrets would be in that lower price range, if only because you might have like five of them in your army. Yeah. Uh. True. <laughs> Yeah, uh, he's come along with the Light of Eltharion, um, the Sentinels, yes? Yeah. Orland Sentinels, uh, the mm-hmm. Orland Wardens? Yeah, all right yes. as well, yeah. Excellent. I'm, I'm vaguely struggling to remember things. And the Sonari Cathalar, that was it. And the Endless yeah. Stars. Yeah, I think yeah. I think the only ones that aren't, I could be wrong on this, but I think the only ones that aren't out in this first wave is the Beefers and yes. the um, Stone Mages, I don't think, yes. as well. I think that's it. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. not a big range, as we uh, said in our last episode. Yeah. Um, but still, we're getting a split release, so probably in a couple of hours they'll be announcing what's up for pre-order next week. I expect it to be Beefer of Secrets and Alor Stone yes, Age. I, I agree. Maybe something else, but we'll see. Uh, but the Lumineth have officially released. They're out yeah. there now. Hooray! Right after we released our episode on them. <laughs> Into the light. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, don't enter the light. We don't want to talk about light right now. I want to no. talk about shadows and pain. Yes. 
Yes. <laughs> Shadow and Pain is coming. It is a, it is the next box set release for Age of Sigma. It is super cool. It is Daughters of Cain versus Head Knights of Slanesh. What mm. everyone wants. Oh yeah. my god. Um, so this is another one of the, like, uh, the Feast of Bones style boxes where the only new thing is a character model on each side. But, but, it's pretty cool. <laughs> yes. It's pretty cool. Uh, it's, it's emphasizing, like, things are happening in the realms with Ulgu and Slanesh. Hey guys, by the way, did you know Slanesh is a thing? Yeah. Um, so the, uh, the new character for the Daughters of Cain is a Melusai Iron Scale. Uh, who is an updated Melusai lady. She looks pretty neat. She, I think, is two or three rumor engines all in one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> she's leading a bunch of Melusai, who could have guessed? Um, not putting a, sh- not putting a crap ton of witch elves in the box. Um, and then the head knights are mostly demonettes and, uh, not seekers. What is their name? Hellstriders. Hellstriders. Uh, but mm. they are led by, the imaginatively named Lord of Pain. <laughs> uh, this guy is like the most classic chaos warrior style character I think I've seen in a long time. Yeah. And I love oh, yeah. him. Yeah. He's, he, he's just like, he's, he's geared up in the, in the light BDSM stuff that most Slanesh, old school Slanesh has. He just has a spiked club, like the size <laughs> of an ogre. <laughs> just carrying it around. And then he's got a big sword sticking out of his back. Yeah. Like, it's just kind of stuck, wedged in there <laughs> as, like, just just an, just an accentuating note on his outfit. Uh, mm. He looks incredible. Love it. I will, not, I will not be buying this box. If I can find this guy on his own at a reasonable eBay price, I might get him instead of waiting for him to come out. Cause I agree. Super cool. Yeah. Oh, oh, my God. You know what we did miss? In our news. Sorry. 40k news. We absolutely missed. Uh, you can get, uh, Sergeant Ripper Jackson next week. Can you? Yeah. Uh, because, oh, did you miss this? Yeah, I didn't see that. Oh my God. You, oh my God. You missed this. Um, so, uh, initially she was, this is the Katachan lady with the big bolt gun and the chainsaw. Everyone Mm. wants to step on them. Uh, she was initially flagged for this year as a store opening miniature. Yeah. But, as every Games Workshop store in the entire world has o- has closed and reopened at this point, <laughs> they have decided that on the from the twelfth of September, I believe, for a week, you can get her in Games Workshop stores. If they run out, you can order one, and they will make one for you. Ah, yeah, I can see that. Now. Yeah, sorry, I've yeah. seen the, the. I suppose when I was looking at the news, it said visit your local store. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. you know, one of those sort yeah. of. Uh, uh, like articles yeah. they do about yes <laughs> you can go there and play with other people and you're like yeah okay, yeah I right that. i know yeah. that yeah oh right i didn't realize it was about her fair enough yeah no <laughs> uh, cool. she, she she's gonna be widely available i'm gonna get her i have to look at her god she's gorgeous um yes <laughs> so yes one last bit of 40k news um yes yeah, so shadow and pain if i if i can get myself a lot of pain i will also get myself a lot of pain otherwise i promise Daddy Games Workshop, we're not going to buy any more models until I'm done with all these goddamn models. Um, <laughs> you heard it here. Not, you heard it here, but I didn't say I wouldn't buy books. Because, <laughs> true. Very true. Uh, so we had Psychic Awakening in 40k. Let's have that, but like a little more beefed up. Less books, but better books. And let's just tell the story of how the elven gods royally screwed the mortal <laughs> realms over. Um, so this is a series called Broken Realms. 
Each book is going to focus on one of the elven gods, which means there will be one on Malarian. Damn right. And probably one on Tyrion. We might actually learn more about Tyrion. Cause well, I mean the real god. The, whole, the real <laughs> god who barely appears in in his own goddamn battle tome. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, the first one is, however, is Broken Realms Morathi, which is presumably what the Shadow and Pain box set will coincide its release with. Uh, these promise to be lots of new rules, big story arc. Yeah, so they've, they've taken that classic artwork of Slash in Chains and, uh, retwist it, rejuxtapose it, re, 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 remix it. That's the word I'm looking for. Yeah. Because it's Slash breaking out of his chains, baby. <laughs> oh, I've been waiting literally years for this. <laughs> <laughs> Ever since the Daughters of Cain battle tome came out, I have been mm-hmm. waiting for this. Oh, we knew it was coming. This, I mean, it, it's, it it's really good that they're that they're moving this stuff on as well because I think yeah. obviously this is the way they're going to do it. Or at least I see them tied in this over until we get to AOS three. You know, because mm. obviously we, we had Soul Wars with the Necroquake, and then obviously we've had things like Wrath of the Ever Chosen. So we're obviously going to get these sort of campaign slash you know, yeah. na- narrative yeah. books to uh, like keep things ticking over, which is what we need because I feel sometimes, uh, and that's obviously just the very nature of AOS being still relatively new. I feel like some, not mm. we're starved for it, for it, but obviously, yeah. you know, we, there's not as much history, you know, without going back to the, you know, the world that was. So it's great. That it's like, yes, we get something cool and new to talk about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, this further cements my suspicions. Age of Sigma third edition will be, driven by the escape of Slanesh. But we could always have a surprise upset and be a destruction themed. That would also be cool. So we'll see. It's it's probably Slanesh. Let's be honest. That's that's probably what they're building up to. Probably. Um <laughs> But yeah, that's our Age of Sigma news. It's super exciting. This is very exciting. I was mm-hmm. so excited like just that one image and I was like uh, all right, well, let's move on to our other news. There's some actually really tasty stuff in here. I'm very excited for a lot of these things. Um, mm. We'll kick it off with Warcry Catacombs. Um, so, up until now, categorically, every game of Warcry has been played in the great outdoors. The closest to a roof over your head is the ruins of an ancient, uh, of an ancient building. But now, baby, we're going dungeons and or dragons style on Warcry. <laughs> um so this this is the a new starter set for Warcry. It will feature the Shadows of Cain, I think they are. Uh Cainite Shadow Stalkers. Cainite Shadow Stalkers. These are Marathi's personal assassins. We now have seen the whole warband and holy oh, shit, do they look good. Boy. <laughs> oh amazing. boy. I still think the leader is secretly a Melisai, but yes. <laughs> oh my god. They look so cool. Like, love them. Just absolutely love them. Absolutely fucking gorgeous. Uh, and they are, of course, face, facing off against the Scions of the Flame. Uh, we've seen their whole warband before, but now we know where you get them. They look very yeah. cool. Yeah. I I, mm. I was going to say that I, it, it's one of those sets where you're like, yes, yes. You know, you're like, it's coming with that cat, <laughs> you know, that warband, that warband. Yes. Oh, and yes. it comes with terrain, which... <laughs> Lows, you know, fighting the catacombs and normal terrain to yes. fight up top. Yes, ticking all mm. the boxes. <laughs> yeah, which is which is the fun bit. So this this one has the map like uh, the Warcry starter set does, but one side is our traditional Warcry starter set. The other side is a lava filled underground dungeon. 
Uh, there's some random bits of scatter terrain, like piles of treasure and bones and doors and bridges for that side. But, as you said, if you want to play normal Warcry, it also has half the terrain that the original Warcry mm-hmm. starter set has in it. Yeah. So you can just flip that shit over uh, <laughs> and <laughs> use all that. And it's super cool. Uh, the versatility is nice. And, like, if you feel it's a little light on the war- on the uh, regular terrain for Warcry, you can just throw any other terrain in there. Uh I know Warcry is kind of prescriptive about where terrain is, but it doesn't need to be as as uh, prescriptive yeah. as it is. No, it's just they're guidelines, not rules. Yeah. Um. All right. Now we go to Warhammer Underworlds. This is super exciting. Mm. I am very excited. Uh. So our <laughs> next season is coming out at the end of the year, I believe. It's Warhammer Underworlds: Dire Chasm. Yeah. Uh, so just like we had Shadespire and Night Vault were both set in the city of Shadespire, we had Beastgrave set underneath the Beastgrave mountain, and Diachasm will stay in this setting, so it seems like we were probably going to get in two per location in terms of seasons, I think. Yeah, sounds about um, right. But the important thing here, the really, really important thing here, is the starter box is a Lumineth Realm Lords Warband versus... A Head Knights of Slanesh warband with a Slangor. Yes. With a Slaneshi beast man. We have not seen anything of the models, basically. Ghost Eater. But, but just the box art. Just oh, no. the box art. Oh my <laughs> god. Mm. Oh, I'm so excited. Um, <laughs> like, the Beast Grave models are super cool. I like them. Still got to get around to finishing them. Uh, mm. I swear I'll paint them one day. Uh, but. <laughs> This box, super cool. Super yeah. cool. I want to see the models, Games Workshop. Now, uh, let's get let's get the current news out of the way. The last two Beastgrave warbands have now released. Uh, the Morgweth's Blade Coven and the Big Stompy Orcs, Oryx have uh, come out. Of course they have. I've talked for 40 minutes about how I use their bits. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so we're all set for that. Play around with those for the next three months. Then it's a new season, baby. And everyone knows what the actual meta is going to be. It is going to be chameleon skinks. Yeah. <laughs> because we're getting a Seraphon team in season four. Tick at all these boxes. The, they've showed off one mini. It is a chameleon skink who looks incredible. Because it's just a chameleon with a blowgun and... His darts in the open mouth of a frog tied to his belt. <laughs> Save that frog, please. He is in agony. <laughs> but no. This is such a good model. We're going to get a full se- we're going to get a full Seraphon team. I want a Croxagore, a Saurus, and two Skinks. One is Camille, one is a regular. I think that. I was, was going to ask. Do you think it's going to do the same thing that the Blood Bowl team did, where it just riles? Seraphon players up like, but why can't we have new proper models in AOS? Why is it all the <laughs> other games that are getting them? <laughs> you know, you know what it will be. It'll be it'll be Seraphon players going. What do you mean I have to spend fifty dollars for one Croxagore? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's not True. even posable. And then they just they pay it obviously because yeah, I was going to um, do it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, like. I've seen crazy people uh, buy the Blood Bowl team for Saurus Warriors. Mm. <laughs> I know so there are people out there doing that. They're so <laughs> good, though. Um, this is super exciting. This is so exciting. People are being... This is literally the number one requested warband. Yeah, like, up there be. was 
up there was Daughters of Cain, Slanesh Warband, Seraphim Warband, I think were the mm. top three. Yeah. I'll We've I'll already I'll got a Daughters of Cain Warband. We're getting a Slanesh Warband in the starter box for the next season. And we're getting a Seraphim Warband sometime in the next year. It will mm-hmm. be here within the year. <laughs> Super exciting. Um, and finally for Underworlds, a, um, a multiplayer expansion is coming called Arena Mortis. Mm. In which you have a large number of players, but each of those players only has one hero under their command. Yes. I expect this to be fucking hilarious because I know we're going to get matches like Fecula Flyblown, um, the, the one of the Stormcast, and then a Goblin. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be, it's going to be crazy and also as well is that it's a great (laughs) idea because if you if you think about it you've only got to do one miniature like if you like want to rock up and play with your mates like one model and you you know you can Mm. put a bit of time into getting it painted and you know it's like the most minimal entry (laughs) now i've got to wonder the smart way to do this would be to say you have to take the leader of a warband, so you pick which warband the model you get is the leader from that, just so, like, everyone has some teeth. Yeah. But the fun thing to do would be you can play as the leader of a faction, sure, but who isn't going to not... Who, who's not going to pick the Stalag Squig as their one model for Arena Mortis? <laughs> I was thinking about people that are going to pick Molog. <laughs> <laughs> or Molog. Molog's also a good choice. Um, <laughs> but I just like, I, I hope there's like the competitive version where you have to take a leader, you can't take Molog because look at him. Yeah, I know. And then, and then there's the, there's the friendly, dumb nonsense one where it's like, pick one of any warband. And yeah. someone goes like, I pick a squig. And someone yeah. goes, I pick the ogre. Yeah. And they will fight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, it's, it's going to be fun. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving over to Necromunda. Uh, mm-hmm. We've talked about this at length, so I'll try and keep this brief. First off, House of Blades is out with all its attendant things. Forge World has not given us our delicious things that we want, unfortunately. Because um, when, when House of Chains came out, you know, we got the Zerker, we got the Slaver Guild uh, coming out from Forge World. We did not get the Water Killed. We did not get the Chimerics from Forge World. Uh, we don't even have the Fear Cat, um, which is a bit of a shame. They're probably getting to it. But Death Maiden kit is out. The uh, the Ogryn Servitors kit is out and immediately went out of stock everywhere as far as I can tell. Mm-hmm. Because those boys are beautiful and everyone knows. Uh, the book is out. It's great. The cards came and went and then came back actually, which is nice and weird. Um, I don't know if they're still available. They're probably not if you're listening. Probably not, no. <laughs> those cards go pretty quickly. Um but we had uh, the reveal for House of Iron, which will be the Orlock book coming next, coming by the end of the year. Looks pretty cool. Mm. They have Juves with jetpacks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I lo- I, I'm really like digging this because this was the Orlock mm. Arms Masters and Wreckers kit yes. that's going to go alongside the book. I'm really actually pleasantly surprised by this because i must admit mm. no, no disrespect to warlock but they've never they're always i find a bit of a boring gang like they're once yeah, again yeah i they're not and even the i even the new models not not these but the original gang mm. um that came out a few years ago i thought oh it's okay it's just you know 
But these are yeah. really interesting. These are actually real. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm really impressed, especially <laughs> like you know the the guy with the the big claw <laughs> claws and yes. the hammer. It's amazing. He's got a, he's got a full servo harness on, which I don't know what a full servo harness does. I know what a partial servo servo harness does. I'm frightened <laughs> to think that this guy might be walking around at like strength nine. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a regular server harness is like plus two strength, plus two toughness, but you're slow as hell. I'm looking at that guy like, what is his strength? How yeah. strong is he? <laughs> oh, God. Um, they look super awesome. Uh, and finally for Necromunda, uh, we are getting a new piece of terrain. We're getting a gang stronghold, uh, which is just a big wall with a bunch of fire points, a big door, and a big watchtower. Looks pretty cool. Uh, it's, I can see a lot of people just incorporating it into their terrain. That's all I really have to say about it. Yep. Agreed. <laughs> yeah. All right. None of that was important. We've gotten to the most important part of news. I, I was wrong. Um, <laughs> Blood Bowl. The Crud Creek nose pickers are available. And what are you all doing? Where are your snotlings? Show them to me. <laughs> it's funny actually because i of all the blood bowl teams i've seen in recent times you know we're like on twitter and and everywhere mm. else where you know pe- you see people obviously going look what i bought and it's like of all the ones i think this is the most i've ever seen of a blood bowl team in recent <laughs> times everyone's yeah. buying this this not link theme it's great it is pure nostalgia i think is what oh, is yeah. driving this it's a pump wagon everyone knows about the pump wagon if you don't know about the pump wagon, you weren't there for Warhammer Fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. Uh, yeah, they're, they're gorgeous. They're cool. They're probably completely awful to play. But oh, hey, yeah. It's snotlings. What else do you It's think? fun. How, how could they go lower than goblins and halflings? They they found a way. <laughs> it's snotlings. Yeah. Lovely. Um, Horus Heresy. Big, big news out of the Horus Heresy, surprisingly enough. Um... First off, the lion is available for order. Mm-hmm. If you're so inclined, he costs 193 Australian dollars. Oh. But he's pretty cool. He's, he's fine. He's a bit more expensive than a knight. Yeah. I'm not going to get him. He's very <laughs> cool. Yeah. Um, Crusade. I believe there's the next book coming. In yeah, the, book uh, nine. The yes. Thrasmas. The th- uh, Crusade. Thrasmas, that was the name of it. Yes. Uh, finally. I think we've been waiting on this one a while, haven't we? Mm, yeah. It's been a long time yeah. coming. So, and obviously, <laughs> you know, the world situation didn't help that. So, yeah. Mm, so, Dark yeah. Angels and, and uh, Night Lord heresy players are going to be happy. Finally. Mm. Yeah. Good. Well, we'll see. They're the, two, they're the two legions I would least expect to be happy ever. But we'll see. <laughs> um, as happy as one can be then. <laughs> but do you know what does make people happy, Matt? Mm. Oh, do you know what? There's something about dice that I really there's love. Something about, there's something about spending one pound per die that makes people happy. Um, <laughs> some <laughs> not, some reason, yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying they're prohibitively expensive, but these dice are very close to prohibitively expensive. Yeah, I know right. Erin can hear me. From the from the living room, she has a she has a D and D dice addiction. She assures me that's different. Um, oh, so course, what, what yeah. they're doing what they're doing over at Forge World is they're making a dice set for the Horus Heresy for every Legion. They almost all look completely stunning. Yeah, there is like great. a couple yeah. I don't like, but some of them are so good it mm. actually hurts. Yeah. The World Eater ones I think are the perfect dice set. Yeah, they're lovely, aren't they? They really are. are I I, I think along with um, Emperor's (laughs) Children and Night Lords, 
I love yes. those ones. But yeah, there's some that are a bit like Imperial Fist ones. They're a bit. It's just yellow and black. It's, yeah, it's not bad. It's just not you know creative. Like the world it is is modeled blue and cream with that bright red stamped numbers. Yeah, beautiful. Um, if you if you really love a particular legion, you should probably get this. If you're a legion butterfly, probably don't. Um, <laughs> if you if you would rather get a model. Maybe get rather get a model instead then. Um. Yeah, that, that was the sort of approach I took. I was waiting to see how much they were going to be because I was thinking, oh, I may want to get the Night Lords for my Night Lords. But yeah, mm. that price, it's not worth it. If they were half that price, yeah, I would, I would yeah. snap them up. But it's They'd a bit too expensive. Then. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, I, and I think, to be honest, you can get very similar ones on like eBay, you know, with oh, similar yeah. colors and, and such. You so, can get someone to make these for you. It'd be fun. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> So, but um, if you want them, they're uh, there. Yeah. yeah, if you want them, they're there. And uh, finally, for the Horus Heresy, the Night Lord Contekar Terminators are mm. also available. They're super cool. They are like minimalist Night Lords. They're not completely covered in flayed skin. I appreciate <laughs> their restraint. Um, they're, they're cool. They got yeah. they got chain weapons. They got Volkite weapons. They're stomping around as Terminators. What's not to love? <laughs> I, mu- I must admit, I was eyeing them up going, mm, I wonder how easy it would be to convert them to... 40k weaponry <laughs> but i mean like you just have to change the ranged weapon right yeah pretty pretty within they're, reason they're, yeah it's yeah. and they're basically chain axes and combi bolters which is what you want <laughs> yeah exactly so yeah they were they are tempting <laughs> <laughs> uh all right we move over to Warhammer quest blackstone fortress ascension is coming is coming yeah. has come it's out i saw it yesterday in the shop it's out Oh my mm. god, that was today. Or yesterday, rather. Yesterday, yeah. Yeah, so yeah that's, uh, that's the last one. It is It is the end of an era for absolutely awesome character models and great releases for Chaos um, and nothing mm. else. Um, I mean, we got a single crew. We got a single Eldar Ranger. We did okay. Um, we got a Zote. <laughs> we got a Zote. We did get a Zote. That is pretty fucking good. Um, I have had an immense amount of enjoyment over the last year from the Blackstone Fortress line. Yeah. I've played I've played a decent bit of it, but primarily I've just enjoyed like the nostalgia trip of all the models. <laughs> like there's really good stuff been coming out and it is actually honestly very sad to see it finally coming to a close. But there is no way they are leaving it here for the Warhammer Quest like line of games. So I fully expect within a year to see uh, probably an Age of Sigma themed one to balance, but we we'll see. We'll yeah, see what happens. I, yeah, I agree. I think I can't see it going away because of how successful it's been. So yeah, I think it, it's like you said, it's down to which universe they place it in. Because obviously mm. we've seen it in AOS previously with you know Silver Tower and the other one. Uh, I always forget the name of and uh, yes. the Hammerhall one, isn't it? And, Shadows uh, of a Hammerhall. Yeah. That's it. That's the one. And yeah, it, you know that. I don't think did as well as they were hoping it always felt like mm. that so but then but now obviously now that aos has moved on in general and obviously you've got new factions and everything like that yeah there's no reason why they can't explore that again so i have another stab at it yeah. I, it would be a lot a lot more successful i feel oh yeah exactly like i think they've come they've they've worked out the actual business model here which is they make the box game with all the super cool minis and then down the line just reuse those minis, release them for their actual factions because yeah. people will buy them. You're Definitely. not wasting money on the sprue on making the sprue as long as you can keep selling. <laughs> no them. chance. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, yeah, and that's that's that for Warhammer Quest. We'll see what happens in the future with them. Mm-hmm. Um, video games, they are happening. Blood Bowl the Third yes. is coming uh, yeah. to sort of coincide with a new edition of Blood Bowl coming soon. Yeah. Sort of getting vamped up. Uh, I've played a decent bit of Blood Bowl 2. Pretty fun game. Looking yeah. forward to Blood Bowl 3. That's all I've really got to say on that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but we've also... Necromunda Underhive, the video game, is up for pre-order. Uh, if mm-hmm. you're not on PlayStation, apparently it's not for pre-order on PlayStation. It's just going to come out, whatever. Uh, it's coming out soon, next week. Yes? Next yeah. Week. yeah. Two Tomorrow. days, actually. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. I think. Dear yeah. God. Ah! Tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, today, so yeah, today's the 6th of September, so yeah, tomorrow. I believe, ah, yes. Like... Yeah. Uh, so that's coming out soon. We finally started seeing more of it. It's definitely not a one-to-one of the Necromunda tabletop game. My yeah. dreams live on in my heart, but <laughs> it does look pretty cool. If nothing else, I would like to play it for, like, the environments and the cool, fun customization stuff. So I'll, I'll give it a whirl. Yeah. Um, and we had an announcement for Age of Sigma Stormground, which is an, which is an Age of Sigma RTS, I believe. Yeah. I think it's like a turn based one, I think. Oh, I think turn-based. actually. Yeah. I yeah. could be wrong on that. I, I, cause obviously they've not really given much information away, but yeah, I believe it's turn based. But it mm. is like a you know a strategy you know type game. I believe. Yeah, yeah. Good. We need bloody it's AOS cool. games. <laughs> yeah, it's got it's got cool Stormcast. If this turns out to be like slightly slower paced Dawn of War and Age of Sigma, sign me the fuck up. Yeah, I'm here for it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and finally, we go over to the Black Library. Black Library submissions will be opening up very soon. Mm-hmm. Or have opened up again. My my sense of time is not great. This week. Uh, no, it's it's. Um, I believe. I I think it's it's in October, so it's not yet. Uh, okay. And I think it's yes. it's a it's only a, it's only like ten days. I think it's like the last ten days of October, which will obviously will tie in with uh, Halloween because obviously it's a, a horror theme. You know, the the theme of this Black Library submission. And yeah, I have mm. a feeling we will be participating again. <laughs> probably, I'll probably try my hand. Um, mm. You took you took so long to get rejected. I have a feeling you got pretty close. So I bet you I can ho- make it this time. I hope so. <laughs> yeah, I hope that was the reason, rather than like, oh shit, we forgot to look at his. <laughs> <laughs> Just found it on the floor of the office. Like, what is this thing? Skeletons in gold? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. But yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, I think. I, I mean, what's good is I like the fact they've sort of, even though the window's not open yet, is they've good given a good bit of of uh you know time for people to actually start thinking about it because obviously in theory because the theme is it's going to be horror because uh, yeah you can at least you can in 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 a way you could start writing it now because you know i can't imagine there being a you know i don't think they're gonna probably drastically change the the theme you know from that you know Mm. i don't know if it loves sub themes because obviously last one did didn't it the last one was about uh what was the last one about about um sort of you know a group of people wasn't it, it was all yes. like a t- you know yes. of soldiers and such like and band how they of it, heroes and that's it band of theme from there yeah yeah that was it so it'll be de- it, it will depend on will there be a theme like a sub theme because mm. that could screw mm. you over if you write it but then you, i suppose you could write it and then you know if something yeah. sort of matches it you could then just tweak it you know because obviously mm. 10 days is not a long time to to sort of get that done when the window no. opens yeah absolutely not um and of course uh, we can't forget because we did we did talk up a big game about how we're happy it's happening. 
along with the Lumineth pre-orders this week is the pre-order for Realm Lords, which is mm. the the Lumineth Realm Lords Black Library novel from Dale Lucas. Yeah. Um, it's it's about a stone guard embarking on his final trial before he takes his place on the mountain. Uh, so it sounds uh sounds like like a fun time. Yeah. We might get some sweet. We might get some sweet. Buried in the mountainside action. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, uh, to be fair, the, the the coming soon page is definitely worth a look at the moment because obviously mm. they've started showing off the novella series three books now. So, oh yes, they have, the, haven't they? The, there's Bone Reapers. There's there's that there's Soul that, Drinkers mm, one. That yes, yes. We're, there's we're a, going, there's a, what? <laughs> yep, Primaris Soul Drinkers are coming. Uh, there's one about a Necromunda Ogren escaping yep. servitude, which I'm actually really looking forward to. Yeah. There's, oh, uh, there's some good stuff. And there's also Danny Danny Ware's doing another a uh, Sisters of Battle novella as well. Yeah, she's yeah. done one in each one as well. So yeah, honestly, oh, hey. go check out the coming soon page. Hey, 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 uh, breaking news. I'm gonna call, I'm gonna call the release date. And by the release date, I mean the pre-order date of the Sons of Bayamat now. You will be able to pre-order them on the 10th of October. Because okay. that's when you can pre-order the Sons of Bayamat audio drama. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Fair show. Yeah. Could be. Cause like I said, I suppose they'll, they'll use September to get the other loom, the rest of the Lumineth out. And then that'll tie, mm. tie nicely into Sons of Bayamat. Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Watch your space. Yep, Covens of Blood. There's Daughters of Cain's book. There's Fire Slayer's books. Oh, Brutal Cunnings coming in twelfth. No one told me this. Yeah, Brutal Cunnings coming out twelfth of September. Who, yeah. who forgot to tell me this? Well, I, I've seen I've seen Mike Brooks with his photo of it because his copy arrived oh. recently on Twitter. <laughs> so. I'm, I'm never on Twitter at the right time for these things. I swear. <laughs> <to God. laughs> time zones. <laughs> <laughs> Dear God. Yeah, it's an exciting time, everyone, yeah. in the news. Um, yeah. But we finally run out of it. <laughs> yes, we have. Thank you very much, Cameron. Right. No worries. Let's round this one off with our last section, which will be a second Discord question. And let's yes. keep it simple. So this was asked by Smells Like Zero Spirit. And he asks, which would you rather achieve? Win a major tournament? Win a golden demon, write a black library novel, or sculpt a new character model. Which one would you pick? Ooh, I would pick the character model because no one said that Games Workshop had to make that model, so I can absolutely do that. Uh, <laughs> 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 no, it, it it also feels like with what I'm doing currently, probably what is most within my reach overall. Mm. I'm I'm doing a lot of kit bashing. I'm starting to learn more about how to sculpt with green stuff and stuff like that. And that's the thing I'm currently working towards. My writing is on the back foot. My yeah. painting's all right. I don't have the I don't have the patience to do what you need to do to win a golden demon. <laughs> I don't yeah. have I don't have it in me to put three hundred hours into a one space marine. I'm sorry to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um and you know, I'm never gonna win a major tournament. My brain just doesn't work that way. Uh so <laughs> I'm t- yeah. I'm taking what I could feasibly do, which is I could feasibly with work end up sculpting a new character model, and I think that would be fun. Yeah. I would make I would make a primaris lieutenant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. I, would. I honestly would. <laughs> <laughs> Screw you all. I'm making another one. 
you said you were tired of these. Well, try this one. And it's just a primary yeah. lieutenant with two <laughs> bolt guns. Yeah. Oh, what do you think of me now? <laughs> with an extra stripe. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Um, yeah, I, 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 I mean, for me, it would, I suppose there'd be two that I'd completely rule out and then it would be one over the other. So I would, yeah, mm. I'd completely rule out, win a major tournament. Um, because, well, A, just like you, I do not have that tactical brain. You know, I try, mm. but I'm not wired for it. I mean, I, I try to be good, but no, I'm not. Uh, I don't have that sort of mental capacity to, 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 to do that side of things. And, and also mm. it's a bit, and again, I don't mean this res- disrespectful, but it's a bit, um, solo, bit self, not selfish, yeah. but you know, it's a, it's a, you know, you're not, you don't benefit anyone else by doing it. You know, you win mm. and you're the winner. <laughs> Whereas, yeah. um, you know, some of the others, you, you know, it's win, 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 which I'll talk about in a second. Mm. Uh, again, like you win a golden demon. Uh, no, I, I don't, I'm, you know, I enjoy, or I try to enjoy painting, but not to that mm. sort of level. I do not have the, even the capacity to, to even go near that. And it's, I, I love what people do as obviously we do when we talk oh, about yeah. the, the highlights in the community, but yeah, it's, that's for other people to do, <laughs> not me. Mm. Um, I suppose then the penultimate choice for all the, you know, second place would be sculpt a new character model. Um, mm-hmm. as well because yeah a bit like you I, you know obviously I don't go to your your levels but I do like you know trying <laughs> to convert and kit bash and make something unique um for me it'd be mm. write a black library novel uh because obviously yeah. I am I have been writing recently obviously I've entered cold open stories a couple of times obviously did the black library submissions last time and again a, a bit like what you're saying with the sculpting it's the one for me that I feel I'm most would be in in reach of doing not saying it would ever happen it probably never will but it yeah it's something that i would like to do and i suppose why i would like to do it is because a you know i'm do it i'm i have been writing b it would then be a win-win in the sense you would have something that you can say look i did this this is my novel mm. i wrote this you know it's on it's you know it's in the library it's in the in the yeah. stores i did this and and in a way no one else can take that away from you because obviously that's the good thing with both either the novel or the model option. They don't go away realistically. Um, whereas, mm. you know, oh, I won a, I won a, you know, a tournament, you know, 10 years ago, you know, everyone's forgotten yeah. about that now, you know, whereas obviously, yeah. you're, you know, we're still talking about novels from 10 years ago that are still really cool <laughs> or models that are still 10, you know, 10 years mm. old. And mm. also other people benefit from it, hopefully, you yeah. know, in the sense that yeah. other people get enjoyment out of your book or model, mm. you know, and such. So, yeah, I think it'd definitely be that because you're, you're both, you know, can enjoy the success if, you know, if it was successful, obviously. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. I, I think that would definitely be, be the pick. But, yeah, yeah. yeah. fingers crossed. Let's get, let's get right into mm-hmm. sculpting, Cameron. Yeah, do our best. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. Right, cool. Well, that's been the second Discord question. Thank you very much for it. And that has been mm. the end of episode 61 um apologies yeah. uh for myself on this one because i am so so tired uh you know in general i've barely slept because of uh you know, such things so yeah apologies i'm i i feel i feel like i'm getting my energy now right at the end <laughs> three hours to wake up so apologies for that but uh yeah it's been a good cracking show so uh cameron where can people yes. find you on the internet you can find me on Twitter at night underscore twitten. That's night without a K. 
Uh, come check out Cat Picks, Australian stuff. Lots of fun times. It's, it's good, I swear. Um, <clears throat> uh, if you want to see my modeling stuff, you can follow the podcast Twitter, or you can head over to Instagram and chuck a look at at realm underscore and underscore ruin, uh, where I haven't actually updated it in the last couple of days, which is a bad thing, because I've done a lot in the last couple of days. Uh, but I swear, I'll get there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, of course, if they don't, if they're not interested in me, but are interested in your fine self, Matthew, uh, where would they find you? Yeah, you'd find me on that twitter.com at ninjabadger7. Again, alongside with the podcast Twitter, which is at Realm and Ruin, which is where I spend most of my time. And like I said, you can see what we're working on and obviously promoting mm-hmm. any news and bits that we see. Uh, again, as always, plug in the Discord server. It's lovely, it's friendly. Uh, you you know, can join for free. Uh, we got our, yeah. you know, like I said, our tabletop simulator uh, crusade going on. So we got our RPG sessions. But like I said, if you just want to chat and and see what other people are working on and things that obviously we talk about on this show, mm. go ahead and join. It's great. Um, mm-hmm. And a quick sort of spoiler, which you sort of hinted at earlier. The plan is for next episode, episode 62, which obviously will be our next Ruin episode. The plan will be for the main lore topic to discuss the Avenging Sun novel that came out recently. So mm. they'll see me and Cameron have started reading. So if yep. you want to, you know, get get ahead of the game, get on and, and read it. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> you have been warned. <laughs> so uh, that is the plan anyway. Um, mm. And yeah, I think that has been the end of this episode. Thank you very much for listening. Hope you've enjoyed it. As always, be good to each other. Enjoy your hobby. Don't tell anyone else how to enjoy their hobby. (laughs) (laughs) And as always, we'll catch you on the next one. Bye. Ta-ra.